listen, if you know, if you guys know us, clearly, we're clearly, we're, listen, we love what we do, but we're clearly are in it for the money. That's why we, that's why we, that's why we <laughs> fucked our friends over. <laughs> Holy fuck. Look, no. I'm not proud of that. But, but I got a, I got a, I got a big ass house now, I guess. I don't know. Fuck. Let's just say it moved me to a bigger house. Oops. I said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. Oh, dear. <laughs> Hello, boys. How are you, man? Hey, girl. How are we? Nah, sure, getting there. Getting there yourself. I'm tired. Um, long old day. And it's the latest we've done a podcast since we once did our fame. Was it Backlash 2018 or 2016? We did uh, a post show. She shall post-show. not be mentioned. Oh, man, alive. I had so much fun on that pod. I know. We're all pretty drunk. So, anyways. It's the uh, episode 152 of the Alleged Wrestling Podcast. And that's myself, Steve, with Fitz and Gordo. Nikki is getting atrociously drunk somewhere. And if you were listening live, you just, I just cut it out of the post uh, the post edition of the podcast. Uh, he just showed us a load of lads drinking in a big field. And what more yeah, would you want? That's one of the lads' back gardens to have a big birthday down there every year. One hell of a session. Yeah. Plenty of... Uh, Plenty of cans. Mmm. A libation, puff of all. Oh, oh yes, that's how you start the show. Please Especially now that it's nine o'clock. It's a lot more uh, reasonable to be drinking at this hour. Post watershed. This is number yeah. three, so I don't know what you're talking mm. about. This is my third one. So does that mean we can drop all the f bombs and the c bombs and whatever bombs we want? Oh yeah, we're free to say whatever we want now. We're am, always am handcuffed I, at the six o'clock time slot, you know. Am I officially off the chain? No, you're never. There's a chain. There's, there's us being off the chain, and then there's that little thread that you're still tied to because you say things without processing them. You know the ramifications. <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole. That's the fun part of it. I, I say know. things, and ye get the trouble. <laughs> oh man, I have Anyways. the mental age of a twelve-year-old. That's fine. That's why it works, Fitz. That's why the show works. Speaking of <laughs> which, we're on our countdown to episode one sixty-nine. Thank you. So, we're nearly there. Uh, it'll be my favourite episode since episode 69, which I think we had a great <laughs> laugh at. Nice. I'm going to listen back to it just see what, ones, what tropes we can bring back. Ah, uh, 69 has showed up, so that was nice of him. Um, but I, yeah. I, and I have heard from an old friend of ours that she uh, she may be able to get herself near a PC that night. Well, she's oh, interesting. She's 69 herself. Yeah, she's a bit of a. She's obviously as loose as ever, but I uh, was only talking to her the other day. She said she may make an L appearance. For oh. the first time, I think, in around about six months. So we'll see. We'll see what we can do. That harlot. Fair play to her. She's back. Yeah. Yep. She's back. She's going to do serious damage, much like that Vindaloo was going to do to Reen's arsehole. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, what are man. you doing, you crazy fucktard? How are we, boys? Living the fucking dream. The dream to be lived, bad. you'll live it. I was out catching all the mons this morning, so I'm I'm happy out now. Oh nice shit! What was on today? Uh, the worldwide go fest. Oh, yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you played any time recently? 
Uh, if I go for a walk down to the beach near my house, all right, because there's a poker stop down there and there's the gym down at the the football pitch. I was only so, on that beach last week, Gordo, actually. I'd never been out there before. Yeah? Quite a little spot. Yeah. You it is, yeah. The water is filthy. But, uh, yeah, and the minute people. I step... As the minute I stepped into the water, a jellyfish uh, floated past me. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be very careful around where I am. Kira didn't yeah. give a fuck. But yeah. I saw a jellyfish. I was like, nope, nope. She's from nope. the Compton. She, she's got them street smarts. She's good. Yeah, well, they live in a landlocked county. So anytime they see water, it's a huge day for the family. You know? <laughs> uh, which, which family? The, the family that married each other or the family that married each other twice? No comment. <laughs> blink, blink once if you agree. <laughs> I, agree. I agree to all these statements <laughs> they're saying that you're inbred farmers I don't know why Fitz is on one tonight like, seriously why does Leitrim not get half the slack like half the slack because Leitrim doesn't count it's barely a place Leitrim is like your retarded Leitrim. little cousin you can't be you can't take the piss out of him like. there you go no, he's from Tipperary, but I mean, lads, um, we're really not helping the All-American and English listeners in the chat here, so let's not talk about Roscommon and Leitrim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, essentially Roscommon is Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> or ne- Nebraska, maybe? I would think that'd I be Leitrim. Know. Yeah, that's a fair point, that's a fair point. There's only one thing to talk about. In Nebraska, it's corn, and no, Leitrim, Leitrim would be like a small... Leitrim would be like a very small town in Wales that has... Uh, the town name is 60 letters long. Oh, Clan for the Nunugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugug
Yeah, well, you know, habits. And I clearly have a gambling problem, so logging into Power, <laughs> power is one of my main habits. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Okay. I've been I've trying been traveling to one. work from home scenario down in Tipperary. Mm. It's been nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice, uh, nice change of scenery. You know, Are you back in table. Galway now? No, still tip. I've, I've taken next week officially off off. So okay. I'm going to catch on, catch up on about 90 hours of sleep. It's great. Nice. I, I did I did the rookie mistake of, you know, when you're home and you're in that extra comfort zone of where you get, you know, the VIP treatment and the, the home cooked dinners and all that sort of stuff. Now he's cooking. Yeah, you, you tend to take advantage a little bit and, you know, you stay up a little bit too late watching shite and then you wake up in the morning like, I shouldn't have done that. So I'm, I'm running on empty now. So I'm going to look forward to a good sleeping on Monday. The good thing about working from home is that you can roll out of bed five minutes before your shift starts. I've been enjoying that. I've yes. gone the opposite way though. Five minutes before my shift starts. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've gone the opposite way though. Like my, my the start of my day every day is a call, so that's fine. I actually have to be on for Same. my start time. But um it's very much a case of I finish at midnight every night. So I know I only have to roll out of bed at like five to three or ten to three every day. So I'll stay up until fucking eight or nine in the morning uh, playing games. And it's, yeah. it is bright. It is proper bright out when I get into bed. And then, I did that when I was furloughed. I don't think I went to bed before half six or seven in the morning for like I'm two months. Pretty sure I had a week of night shifts where I was up chatting shit to you until about six o'clock pretty much every oh, fucking yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were always up because, I mean, my, my whole thing was like, well, I have nothing to do with during the day, so fuck it. May as well I don't sleep. care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be awake when there's stuff to be doing people to be talking to yeah and it's like your confidence is gonna hurt when everyone else is at work and you're not i was like you know where i can be in bed and that that'll make the boohoos go away (laughs) oh bed you'd never furlough me (laughs) you'd never furlough me would it not would it not though i fucking hope not i'm a fucking object yeah is it if 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 it develops sentience and kicks myself out of the bed and i don't know what i'm gonna do Sleep uh, on the floor, grab the I video guess. camera because you're in a fucking horror film. There's paranormal mm-hmm. activity style shit to be filmed there. I once slept on the stairs, so I mean, I could probably get away yeah. with it. Yeah, stairs are surprisingly comfortable. Amazingly, if you've had like 20 cans at a house party, <laughs> you, you will sleep on the stairs, no problem. Question Which was further up the stairs, your head or your feet? My head, because I was worried that would fall straight down. Yeah. If you, were the, if you were the other way, the blood rush into your head for the whole night, that wouldn't be nice. I wouldn't know <laughs> that. And I, and I don't remember how it even happened. I mean, I wouldn't have made the conscious decision to go, do you know what looks comfortable? A big stairs. I would have been like, maybe there's a couch somewhere or even the floor. <laughs> I I assume I tried to get up the stairs, took a little break for myself, <laughs> just fell asleep. It's like I a great one from uh, Nicky. You won't mind me telling him because I'm pretty sure he said this on the pod already, but he, he took a rest on a walk home one night and he sat down on a wall outside a gym on the Tomb Road, you know, <laughs> You know the road I'm talking about. It's out past your way. Pubs, I think. Yeah, so it's at the Energy Gym on uh, the Tomb Road just before the Monagisha roundabout. So take, I'll take a little break here. Sits on the on the wall, falls back. Oh well, I guess I'm going to have a nap here. <laughs> <laughs> Wakes up and walks home later on. And I'm pretty sure that was only about two years ago. That's just even like ages back. This is a couple of years back. Ah, yeah. Proud of you. I fall asleep. Underneath, remember the the old shitty coffee table or the, the tables in the College Fields apartment fits? Uh, yeah, I've fallen asleep on top of one of them and under uh, one of them. 
I know, Gordo. Gordo, you, you're you're famous for falling asleep now. This is one of your like most notable attributes. I've legit fallen asleep standing up in the hallway of my house <laughs> while wishing the lads a good night when they were leaving my birthday party a couple of years ago. Sleeping is like a hobby of mine. It's also a skill. It's a yeah. skill and a hobby. Yeah. I, I fully convinced I have a disease that I have diagnosed as carcolepsy. Gordo cannot travel in a car without falling asleep. Yeah. I didn't fall asleep the whole way down to Waterford the last four trips. I call shenanigans on that. No, because I'm pretty sure two of them were with Damo. One of them was with, actually, I think three of them were with Damo. And one of them was with Paddy and his sister. What about the infamous curry chip? Curry cheese chip. Oh, the curry curry cheese chip for me sitting. Oh, no, it was a gravy gravy cheese chip, I think. Uh, from uh, from Hillbillies in Waterford and there's a picture of me sitting there I was in a Ghostbusters costume because it was a fancy dress party uh, we got back to the house this is the same house I fell asleep in standing up he was and lying I, it was just a regular Tuesday night and he just went out in his Ghostbusters no, costume no it was it was our previous works Halloween party and uh, I I get home I'm pretty sure I'd abandoned one of the lads because I was chasing after a young one that night uh, ended up not getting anywhere and then just getting annoyed, leaving the, the session I was at, going to Hillbillies, getting food, going home. Had an argument with the lad I was living with, uh, where I was basically trying to say, yeah, sorry, but, you know, I was trying her. And uh, <laughs> went to eat my food, fell asleep, and there's a picture of me passed out with my gravy cheese chip on my lap. Ghostbusters costume, the jumpsuit half open, and put like just so I could, you can see my T-shirt that I had on under it. And, uh, yeah, just conked out. Eyes now, rolling back in my head, tongue sticking out the whole lot. Now, Gordo, is this the cover photo for a particular Facebook group? It's a Facebook group that I do not consent to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to share the link in the chat because people need to see this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Facebook group called Boo Gordo. You absolute <laughs> fucking dickhead. <laughs> we need to spread the word and we need to get people to join this group called Boo Gordo. Because say, everybody the, needs to boo Gordo. It's if actually boo Gordo boo. If I remember correctly, the cover photo is a thing of beauty and it's some of Nikki's finest work. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. I'll send it on to uh, Steve in the chat. Or can you see it in there in the mixer? Can yeah, I'll, I'll open it afterwards. Maybe send it to me in WhatsApp if you have it, just to yeah. it'd be easier for me. I, just, I can't open anything. Oh yeah, don't, wanna, don't, don't, don't break that. Don't break, don't <laughs> break it. Whoever thought of the name Alleged as a genius. <laughs> yeah. You absolute fucking dickheads. Ah, uh, you love to see it. <laughs> I don't love um, to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but there you can see the infamous curry chip or gravy cheese chip Gordo. Chip. <laughs> Just like it is literally one of my favourite pictures ever. And well, yes, that is a Sabu t-shirt I'm wearing in the picture. <laughs> so there's a wrestling part of our podcast covered. See, Rian, we still talked about wrestling. There we go. See, to be fair, uh, go on. No, I was going to say, we managed to work wrestling in twice because there's the Nia Jackson the cover photo and I'm wearing a Sabu t-shirt. There you go. And I'm pretty sure the most recent picture on it is one of me in a Kings of the North t-shirt on the way back from something. Can't even remember Stag, is it? I don't know, because it, it was me, possibly, actually. Because Owen would have been there. Probably. Oh, no, Owen wouldn't have been on the train, would he? No, he oh, wouldn't have been on the train. I don't know. I don't know. Dead I don't know. There, was, there, was, there, was, there was drinking done. Oh, do you know what it was? It was the OTT weekend where we took the train up. Oh, it was. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you remember when you could go to stuff? Good yeah. times. Well, Don't you wish, Steve, that we could all just go back to normal and enjoy life again? All right, Hassan. Oh, did, did I just trigger people by saying normal is good? Uh, you, you, but you oh. want change. If you don't, if you don't want change, then I do want change. Clearly, I love wrestling more than you. Well, clearly, wrestling you fans do. are the worst. They're just they the absolute worst people. The worst. They're nearly anyway, as bad as Rian. Nearly as bad as Rian. Jesus, wrestling fans are that bad. Slammiversary thoughts. What do you think of Slammiversary last weekend? It does feel I, like a lifetime ago, so I don't want to spend ages on it. So I actually really fucking enjoyed it, and I, I, I actually spent money on it. I sent you the picture to prove I legit spent money on it. There was no watching Wrestling 24. Um, <laughs> and I, I met, even I was only, I think, two or three inches in, and you know what? I was like, this is money well fucking spent. Just the rattle of the opening music when the fucking machine guns came out mm. just took me back. And yeah, I was in. From that moment, I was in. Um, it was good. Uh, I, yeah. the, only, the only disappointment I would have from it is that they didn't have any live fans there, really. You know, yeah. Because it, it was a show worthy of actually having a, a, a group of people there. Even if it was yeah. just enhancement talent or backstage crew or whatever, it would have been nice to have some people there. Yeah, it took yeah. me back to those horrible fucking empty arena WWE shows. Yeah, it was very much miserable. a change in, it was a change in the guard show for them as well. Mm. It's very much a, we're taking this into the future. They knew they had a lot of hype around it and they knew there was a lot of people watching that weren't normally watching the show. Mm-hmm. They trended number one worldwide all night. Yeah. It's crazy. And that's fucking huge. WWE uh, don't even do that always. Yeah. No. But yeah, you had the debut of the Good Brothers, obviously. We knew that was happening. Uh, EC3, I mean, we pretty much knew that was happening. Um, Diana Prazo won the title. Say and... now, Jordan Grace's best match I have ever seen by a fucking mile. Meltzer uh, gave it 2.75, yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, I thought that was harsh. Um, you had Heath Slater debuted. Uh, Eric Young de- re-debuted. Um, I feel like there was somebody else, but fuck it. Yeah, it was there was a whole new Rick a whole Swan's new return. world. Well, Rick, Rick Swan, Swan, yeah. He kind of he was injured but kind of mm-hmm. made a miraculous appearance. But it was very good. Very, very good. Yeah, very good enjoyable show. show. Yeah. I still um, I need to catch up on I know what happened on the show this week, but I still need to actually go back and watch it. Um, Motor City Machine Guns, that that popped me hard. Oh. Mm. I genuinely could not have No, I don't think anyone could have predicted that. No. I don't know how they kept that quiet. That was impressive, uh, actually, when you think about yeah. it. And the uh, the EC3 the fucking fight stream cut off for me just when the screen went oh. black and the fuck you could see the hood. Oh, yeah. And my fucking stream cut out in that moment. You're and watching like, 24 stream? No, no, my legit fight stream. I uh, hear nothing but bad things about fight. There's I've always people complaining so about it. So much hassle. Same with Dynamite. Every fucking second or third week, I have trouble with it. The amount of fucking stuff they have on it, the amount of stuff, things they have, there's so many stability issues. And I know it's not just myself, because if you go on Twitter pretty much every week, there's a yeah. fuck ton of people giving out about yeah. it. Um, yeah, I see that every week what about Dynamite, people complaining about fight. And yeah. pay-per-views, any of the AW pay-per-views, you always see loads of it. Yeah. I wonder if it's a case where, you know, fight grew too quickly for itself, yeah. and they just don't, effectively just don't have the server network to be able to cope with the demand that's been put on it. I reckon so. Could be because they used to show like. used to show literal arm wrestling contests on Fight yeah. TV. So you'd have maybe six people and Gordo watching yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. 
I said, I've always said I'll watch any fucking sport as long as I can bet on it. <laughs> uh, what do you make of the horror show at Extreme Rules? Well, it lived second. up to his name anyway. Yeah. And I know we joked about it as to which show we were looking forward to the most out of the weekend. And I kind of jokingly said I was looking forward to Impact. Impact had the better show of the weekend. On booking wise. I, would want to say I think Extreme Rules had... Yeah, Extreme Rules are great matches with shitty finishes or shitty gimmicks attached to it that took yeah. that brought them down. Mm-hmm. Like I thought Dolph and Drew was pretty good. It was basic enough. Of course, they missed the fucking finish where Drew does the kip up into the Claymore and the fucking missed it. I as they hated always do that spot so much. It's silly. You, but you had rassing. Dolph working Drew over so hard to the fact that Drew was barely able to get up, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's able to kip up and hit him with the Claymore. Yeah, he no was doing sense. the he was warming up the band. Yeah, yeah. but the kip up into yeah. a claymore makes no sense when Drew shouldn't have been able to move that easily. A forward roll would probably make more sense. You roll into it and then bang. But yeah. I don't know. Just simple things and you know I, Or just sidestep sidestep the super kick and then as Ziggler turns hit around. The ropes. Yeah, hit step, the ropes. Not even, you don't even need to hit the ropes. A two step claymore into it. Because he doesn't even have the energy to hit the ropes. He has one last gasp in him and he just yeah. lunges himself into a fucking claymore out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. So what did you... The other controversial one, uh, the Raw women's title. I was so upset with that because that match was, in my mind, the best women's match of the year so far. I know people will disagree. I know the soup weren't too hot on it. Um, but Becky I fucking and loved Shana. it. I like Becky and Shayna probably. Yeah, well, Becky and Shayna wasn't even the best match in Mania, women's no, wise. No, but Rhea well, and Rhea Charlotte. Oh, Rhea and Charlotte, yeah, yeah. But I just, I thought this clicked for whatever reason, and, I, and we were listening to the Super. It was either Super Five, I can't remember which one, but they weren't hot on it all. They thought that there was no chemistry, whereas I thought these two fucking have great chemistry. Big so I don't know, I don't know whether we were watching different matches or whatnot. And I know the camera crews missed some spots, and they weren't as clean as they should have been. Which is very un WWE like, which is you know AEW like <laughs> really, but do, do, I don't know was that a planned finish because it was a recorded show, so clearly it must have been. But yeah. it looked no, like it was it, because they did the Stephanie McMahon thing the next night, so it was all part of the plan, I'd say. Because the, the but, only reason I say that is that if if it was a live show, I think Sasha's weave came off or something like that. Oh yeah, so it's almost like this was a cover up for that. But again, if it was a recorded show, then you know just dop and fix it and then do your proper finish so it makes no sense and it there was no need for it either that was the big thing really is don't delay the inevitable if you're going to change the belt change the belt if you're not going to change the belt don't change the belt don't book the match if you can't book a winner problem is they're doing it and it's a phrase that uh, we coined in the chat this week of clickbait booking yeah because they're having to try and force people to tune into the tv shows because the ratings are tanking so bad that they're having to move matches off of pay-per-views such mm-hmm. as the bar fight, the unsanctioned Show match. Not, yeah. They're being they're being moved off it. Um and then they're having to book finishes like this and the finish of the swamp fight, where it's like, Oh my god, what's happening? What's gonna happen next? Oh, you won't believe. It's it's clickbait booking. You'll have So you're have saying to, it's impact. It's twenty it's Bischoff impact booking. So Gordy, you're saying that this is clickbait booking. The, the whole not having Randy Orton and Big Show on elimination or extreme rules was a ploy by the WWE to get more people to watch Raw the following night. More watches I'm than a watches. genius! More watches than well, before. Gordo, let me point out something to you. Thankfully, of Mr. David Melser, 
Orton versus Show did a 0.42 in the 1849 demographic. And clearly we all know the demographics mean a lot right now. This is staggeringly <laughs> bad when put into perspective. It's the worst quarter performance in the 27 plus year history of a show for about promoted for weeks. That's tremendous. <laughs> so they uh, booked a match that literally nobody wanted to see. Yep. And I'm not surprised by that at all. Nobody wants I'm assuming that's the last legend that Orton has to go through now before no, he challenges no, Drew. No, 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 no. There's, 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 one, there's, there's one legend left, and you know who it is. Oh, but I mean a match, like. I was going to say the boy trips. Mm. Put, out, put out, work his way through the mentors of evolution. Blue Tista. SummerSlam. Orton Triple H to SummerSlam. I mean, nobody wants to see that. I mean, at the end of Triple H, I I think Triple H needs a proper retirement. Actually, just fucking put him out. I think so, at the moment they they want to be able to have these guys to appear on TV, so he'll probably never say it. But he's in his fifties yeah. now, I think, isn't he? Triple H. Not far off it if he's not. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Like, sure, like the the obvious match for SummerSlam is Drew Orton. It, it, they're, yeah. they're, they're merging together nicely to be fair from a, a creative point but however you have Dolph <laughs> Ziggler having a rematch now that's on Raw this week so at least that's not going to be on SummerSlam uh. as of yet but who knows what sort of fuck finish they'll do to clickbait book themselves into a SummerSlam match and now they've mm-hmm. confirmed that SummerSlam is not going to be at the Garden in Boston venue TBD probably the PC PC yeah so again, are they going to blow their load and have Orton Drew in the PC or are they going to try defer that maybe a few months down the line or hold it off for Survivor Series maybe where they might be able to get fans back into an arena? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's too early to take the title off Drew because clearly what they're doing is they are going to do Orton Edge for the title at WrestleMania next year. So, do you really want Randy Orton holding the title from now until April? God, no. he, his gimmick right now does not need a title. No, no. not at all. You know, Drew's Drew's gimmick kind of does because it reinforces him being the best wrestler in the company. Orton being a badass legend killer, the title is completely irrelevant. It makes it doesn't enhance the story of his character at all. No. Unless an actual legend has the belt that he takes it from, which yeah, is I was thinking, you, I was thinking you kill some time by having Orton do do Orton Champa at a takeover or something. Um, but Champa's off. Apparently, Champa's off TV and he's he's not injured or anything. They just don't oh. have anything for him. Which is not which is bananas fine, no. to think. But isn't it crazy to think that he was the star of the show for so long and now they have nothing for him well, when they're struggling sense. in the ratings. It's it weird. makes sense when you t- think why he's offered. What he did most recently was the match with Cross. So him not yeah. being on TV is kind of only enhancing the fact that Cross put him off TV. Yeah, and now, I assume Dijakovic is going up to Raw and that was his send-off for Cross. Yeah, one, one would imagine as well. And what Plus, if you look oh, at, yeah. at Johnny Gargano, you know, he's been stale as fuck for the last few weeks because he's just lingering around. He's not really doing anything. If anything, I want him off NXT completely because I, there's nothing more I can see from him in NXT right now. Smackdown, please. Yeah. Game on um, Smackdown. You have AJ, you have Riddle. 
you have Debray, you have Gulak, you have so many guys there that he could just fucking tear the house down with. He yeah, it's, it's new, it's fresh. He screams Smackdown. Yeah. Yeah, but he'll end up on Raw and he yeah. won't he'd just lose to MVP. Dolph Ziggler. MVP, yeah. Uh, interesting things. Uh, I don't I don't know how much we're actually going to talk about Raw this week. Did you see what is still the most watched video on WWE's YouTube from Raw? Ah, I did. The SmackDown Hacker. Yeah, the SmackDown Hacker showing up on Raw is over 600,000 more views than anything else from Raw this week. It's on 1.7 million. The second highest is the unsanctioned match at 1.1 million. Nice. It has run away from everything. It goes back to what we said for ages. This lad is a fucking star, and they have him sitting there. They don't know what the fuck to do with him for months on end. Mustafa yeah. Ali is the fucking man, and uh, just use him for the he's love a, of God. He's one of the most marketable people they have as well, because he's legit just a fucking top lad. Is it a case that they can't, considering the current climate in America at the moment, they don't want to bring up the whole he's a former Chicago PD member? You know. Mm. I wonder I, if they I just know. want to avoid all that, even though he's, you know, he's a clean record and he's a good guy, but do they maybe not want to have anything yeah. political. You know, they, they like to steer away from that stuff. But see, he mentioned, if, if you go back through his promos years ago, one of his alleyway promos that, again, we raved about at the time for how different they were and how real they felt. He mentioned stuff like this in them promos. Yeah. He, he mentioned this stuff on TV years ago. I'm because it was stuff that was mainly when he was on 205, nobody really saw it. But this this is stuff that's technically in WWE canon already because he's already mentioned it years ago. It's, really weird, it's, a, weird, it's a weird situation. It really is. About working with shitty cops and crop cops in real life and shit, yeah. Yeah, and how yeah. basically he wanted to be the person who was making the change, but he realized in the system he, he didn't have the power to be able to make the change, so he wanted to go out and be the best version of himself and do what he could to help the world and shit. And, Share the light in his own way, sort of thing. And that's what, what a character to have in your lap right now. They won't it's, do it. It's gold. Well, it's um, not even the character. That's his real life. That's him. real life to him. You know. Um, I think yeah. he's almost too nice, though. I know you, you've always been hotter on Mustafa Ali than I have. Like I've, I've always admired his talent, and you know the fact that he has a a phenomenal background, kind of the Lacey Evans kind of esque, you know, real true life hero kind of a scenario. But I just I, I don't know how you bottle that or package that onto such a scripted and overly produced show. I don't see how they can merge those two and create some sort of entertaining content around it. It's, it's it, all sterilized. There's nothing. Yeah. And know, also, it's... if you if you look at kind of the the character or the the, the backstory he has, if you could put that with the John Cena you've created the perfect character i think he's not helped with the fact that he's a smaller guy you know that yeah. doesn't help his you know superhero kind of status um the fact that you know on the main roster he's pretty much shadowed down by most of the guys there so he, he could play that undercard david versus goliath kind of thing but that goes against his kind of true hero character it, it just doesn't feel complete. So like I would agree with you. Once they kind of click and once they finally get something that will work for him with his skill set, with his physical appearance, with his backstory, with his hero status, he could take off massively. 
but it, it's just not merging it's not gelling together just yet but when it does it will be great Mustafa was wearing a face mask before it was cool in the chat from Deliverance there. Yeah, I was going to say, you have this whole situation of people having to wear masks and trying to get people to wear masks. I know they have the masks up on the website and stuff now, but you could have had him come out wearing one of them every week and it's just part of his gimmick. And you're Oh, I want to talk about masks. Marketing. You are marketing masks to people on your fucking product, which you're also selling and making money off of. For a company that prides itself on this shit. How did you miss that opportunity, you fucktards? In Ireland, as of last Monday, it's mandatory to wear masks on public transport and in shops and stuff. Yeah, sure it is. I was in Tesco, 50-50 probably, with masks. Not everyone's wearing them. Kira, there was a few knocking around Duns this evening without masks, I believe, as well. And I got on a train this, uh, this afternoon. I tested it for the laugh. You know when you get on the train in Galway, uh, you know you walk past the ticket taker at the gate... Now it is outdoors, so I said I'd test this. I just won't wear a mask. I'll walk past him. Said nothing. I was like, okay, you probably should be telling me to put on a mask. Got on the train carriage, and because of social distancing, you know, there's not a lot of seats that are available, so I had to walk through about three carriages. Eventually, I found a seat. I didn't see a single person wearing a mask. Now, later on in the journey, I saw people in the reflections of windows. There was a couple here or there, but yeah, people people aren't. People are giving up on it. Sh- there's no staff on trains in Ireland, so yeah, there, there's nothing there to stop them from from taking the mask off. But like, there was nobody wearing them. No, it's weird. Um, I was even down in the shop down around the corner there, just when I was going down to the office as well. Um, the woman who walked into the shop ahead of me had her mask on. I had my mask on. People working in them didn't. Now, to be fair, both of them obviously they had their perspex fucking guards up anyway, so it's fine. Mm. You know, it's not the end of the world. But like four or five other people in the offy. No, not a single mask between a lot of them. It's like, that's just a bit of fucking common sense. They're not fucking expensive, like. No. And Deliverance saying in the chat there, he, wor- he works in Asda and it's literally 95% of people wearing masks before it was probably 20. Yeah, but I wish. It was, z- it was almost zero in shopping centres in Ireland wearing masks. And then as of the new ruling, you know, maybe 50-50. Duns, there was a good amount of masks, but there was plenty of people not wearing masks tonight. The staff weren't wearing masks. I don't know. I can't remember. I think I mentioned it on the pod. I know I definitely put it up on Twitter there a couple of weeks ago when I was getting the train back up from Waterford at the time. Getting on the train in Waterford, pretty much everybody. Now, it was 9 o'clock in the morning. There was only around about 20 or 25 of us on the train anyway. But I'd say maybe one person that probably didn't, maybe two that didn't have masks on. Mm. As we go through every one of the little smaller towns and shit along the way, you're looking at maybe 10% of people having masks. Yeah. My brother was on a bus last uh, last weekend. He said it was 50-50 on the bus. Yeah. There was people, you know, on a bus. It's not as bad as on a train. It's more spaced out. But the bus, yeah. fuck that. I'd walk off. I'm not a hope me staying no. there in a mask. Rian is a great point there. I work in retail and I keep smiling at people with the mask on, forgetting that when you do that, you look like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I do feel sympathy for, said bus drivers in particular, because... You know, they're, they're, they don't get paid enough to have to deal with the hassle of arguing with someone who doesn't want to put on a mask. Yeah. But bus you know, drivers on bus air, and I should say, not all bus drivers, bus mm. air and bus drivers are wankers. So I oh, couldn't care less about it. I would completely agree. Uh, you know, go bus 100%. If I have to use a bus to go to Dublin Airport or whatever, go 100% going to go bus. Like yeah. they will literally meet you at the door, take your bag, put it in the baggage storage area, and welcome you onto the bus. Yeah. 
plus Aaron would fucking grunt at you. Yeah, and I'd fucking mm-hmm. give out to you for not having the correct change. I'd Me and Kira were, were were weren't allowed to get on a bus once because we our tickets were bought online. True story. On the internet. On the internet, yeah. Fuck but sure, isn't that where the the, the buy the tickets like? That's he does, he doesn't he doesn't take them internet tickets. He only wants cash tickets. You know. Oh, That's cash money. COVID. That's cash COVID. money. Get mm. the COVID. But, but like, anyway, an eye for an eye match. <laughs> go on, go for it. Yeah, we could talk. Yeah, all let's now. move on. Eye for an eye match. What did you think? I thought the match was very fun, but then it was terrible towards the end. But why are they doing head scissors when you're supposed to take an eye out? <laughs> oh, Shut up, Alvarez. Brian Alvarez. Brian Alvarez was complaining that they were doing wrestling moves in the wrestling match. And I was like, I really, really hope that you are this critical of AEW Canadian Destroyer Fests. You know, when he, he didn't like the fact that they were doing head scissors and stuff. But like, I mean, they were wearing each other down by using wrestling moves. I mean, why it do you, makes total why do sense. You, why do you do strikes in a submission match? Yep. I, why do you use a submission in an ODQ match or a, a Falls Count Anywhere match? It's wearing yeah. people down. It's part of the... He's a wrestler. He wrestles himself. He knows this. He's just being a dish. A dish? He's, a, he's dick a dick douche. douche. He's a dick douche. Yeah, a douche. <laughs> a douche. Uh, but yeah, the, the weird uh, prosthetic eye thing was... Fucking yeah. hilarious! It looked like it literally just looked like they'd fucking put a bit of pen on a pin, on a ping pong ball. Yeah, and then Braun Strowman, who was drowned in a swamp, and it took them forty five minutes last night on SmackDown to address it, and even then they didn't really. We don't yeah. know if Braun lived or died. We filmed for eight hours, and that was all <laughs> we got. All we know is that the champion was thrown into a swamp, potentially drowned, and we don't know if he's dead in storyline. But now the fiend has his turn. We might need it because it might be vacated because the man died. Oh, not know? vacant. <laughs> vacant <laughs> strikes again. Yeah. Um, what a hero. Anyway, we'll move on from Extreme Rules. What did you make of Joey Ryan's video? His fucking one hour video about how he's not a rapist. <laughs> I, mean, I need Fitz. some allegedly's in here. Get your allegedly's ready. Off you go, Fitz. Okay, the, the way I approach this, right, and I saw this video around the same time everyone kind of saw it and the notification comes up. Dig up, stupid. Um, <laughs> right, the way I said it, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this video with the the mindset of I don't know who Joey Ryan is. I don't know his character. I don't know his gimmick. I don't know the allegations per se. All I know is that this is a person addressing allegations against them because you can be clouded your judgment can be clouded based on your own perceptions about someone and the commentary that's gone against them over the last year, two years, whatever. And that's fair enough. You know, that's, that's, that's understandable, but he's got what 15 to 20 allegations thrown against him more so for general creepiness, one or two for, uh, unwanted advances. I think more so nothing to, to the point of, you know, I think there was other cases where they were more extreme or, uh, ones were pro- probably more legally suspectable that I can't talk about, but uh, he addressed, I think, all bar two to a point where he was able to effectively disprove the allegation based on his accounts of the events and being able to show messages after the alleged event took place to show that they were still on talking terms, good mood, good manner, and all this sort of stuff. So one would have to assume through the nature of people being able to talk to each other if you were so wrongly offended by someone 
you're not going to be friendly with them after the event took place. So I can't understand that if these events happened to the degree that they're being proclaimed to have happened, then why were they still friends with Joey Ryan after it? I would bring up the point that he brought up himself, that his his impact contract had a clause in it that says that they can't fire him for anything that happened before he signed. Hmm. Is that not a massive red flag? Who puts that in a contract? Um, I, I when, he, when he said that, I wasn't too surprised because I think I fucked. think there, I think there's a relative I think there's a relative standard with that in most contracts, in terms of you know that you're you're only culpable for actions while you're with the company. I think that's a relatively normal practice to be in contracts, especially for performance based mm. contracts. I don't know, dude. I mean, that just it screams problem to me. Yeah, to be fair. All things aside, and you know, you have to give credit to, to to WWE for their handling of the cases by you know just suspending until facts are proven. No, because he's still there. They're still there. I can't believe it. Shame on OTT as well. <laughs> I would I would kind of agree with Joey Ryan that he shouldn't have been fired until kind of facts were more established. Nah, no, nah, dude. There was so many allegations. The there were twenty twenty women accused him of something. He had to go. Fuck yeah. But then again, did you watch the video? No, I just saw little clips here and there and read the transcript because I do not have an hour for Joey Ryan. That's Fuck that's where I'm that. coming from. Like there was literally he he pretty like he watching him now. He, he seems a very awkward person anyway. Um, he, like he didn't come across particularly you know personable in the video where you could relate to him too well. You know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. I'll let you decide that for yourself. But. You know, when you're able to refute pretty much all bar one or two, and where he openly addressed to say he kind of what was the way he phrased it, he read the signals wrong on one or two, and when he made an advance and was said was turned no, that that was the end of it. You know, if you take that on face value and you take that for being true, then it becomes more yeah, she said, said, yeah, but then there's also the element of how many people have been at a bar, got mixed signals, went for a move and said, no, not tonight. And you're like, oh, sorry, Grant, no worries, didn't mean to offend, whatever. You could pretty much throw that allegation at practically every single person that's ever lived. College Gordo was fucked. Never make <laughs> famous. But no, the point I'm trying to make there is that, you know, if someone said no and he was still pestering or being a dick, absolutely throw the fucking book at him. But if, if you can misinterpret signal, signals and make a move and then get turned down and say, okay, my bad, fair enough, and move on, there has to be an element of, okay, things can get crossed, wires can get crossed, no one was offended, no one was hurt, let's move on kind of a thing. Yeah, and I will say, having watched the whole thing, certain clips that we're doing the rounds on Twitter, it's amazing how people can fucking take them and post them out of context. And I'm not just saying that about this video. It's a general thing. But he he was as deliverance saying as well. He there was manipulation involved as well. He, I, he's the guy. It's, I, I, I see. I don't see things ending well for him. I think he's completely done in wrestling. Oh, I don't think he ever, yeah, yeah, he's no, done. I, I would agree with that. I, um, I don't see a way back from. And, and did you, know, you notice? Did you notice that he found Jesus? Yeah. Isn't it funny how people find Jesus when they've nobody else to talk to, because they're such arseholes. Even Candace yeah, was, was liking some of the tweets where people were complaining about some of the stuff he said in the video. Even Candace yeah. seemed to have. A lot of people, a lot of people knew what he was doing. 
and they did nothing about it. Well, that's the, that's the other side of it that I find hard to believe. You've got someone like Candace who, from all accounts, is a, a, an upstanding person within the wrestling community. How could she not have seen all the, these bad things that were supposed to have happened? How are the people around him? The Young Bucks, for example, they would have been good friends. You know, there's so many people that would have been around or part of that inner circle, pun not intended, that would have seen all of these alleged things happen and not have blown the whistle or not have defriended him. So again, when you're going from one extreme to where everything that is said is true to the other extreme where nothing is said is true, the truth will always be somewhere in the middle because you can never fully believe everything. You can never fully disbelieve everything. So where is that line is where I'd love to know. And his video puts me more on the line that he probably did a few things he probably shouldn't have done or, you know, made moves that he shouldn't have made. But I don't believe that he is the, the monster that he's been made out to be, at least. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's where is the line in it and where is where is that that shoot line in the middle? Has he done stuff? Of course, he does. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, there's no smoke without fire, I think is... No, and he's that's, where I, always, but, that's where I always land. Smoke, but it is fire. very much uh, how much smoke is actual smoke. Figure out what I mean. How much of it? How much of it's smoke? How much of it's just a little bit of steam? I don't worry about the steam. Where's know. the fucking smoke? That's that's what I'd look at in this situation. We'll move on then because we're like an hour in. Yeah, um, just before we do that. Oh oh oh! A libation, puff of all. Kyrie Sane, uh, Dunzo. Uh, they recorded two episodes of Raw last Monday. So that was her last match, we assume, unless we figure out what's going on on Monday. Well, oh, she's going to lose a match. She's going to have to lose a match on Monday. Well, Shayna, has Shayna take her the fuck out? But like she, she's going out. Say she isn't on the show next week for whatever reason. Um, she will be, but she went out beating the champion. Mm-hmm. They want Seems to keep, very strange. They want to keep a relationship in case Anton is to ever... Mm. You never know what the future holds. She could go Pardon? back... The way they've booked Kyrie Sane, what 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 do you earn from beating her anyway? Yeah. You know, like well, the way SRS are kind of putting it on Fightful is that WWE are going above and beyond to try keep her. Um, not just because they don't want her going to anywhere else and being on American television and promoting someone else's product, but because they actually have you know uh, a very high standard of trust in her as well as a performer she was, she carried NXT for a couple of years herself it carried she, Naya figuratively and metaphorically yeah. um, but you know they, they, they trust her you know she's definitely at the, the, the top 1% of female talent on the main roster there isn't that many that can do what she can do at that level on the main roster or yeah Rian is saying her, about are the only two for me that are at that level Rian is saying in the chat, you know, they're going to do exactly what they did to Moxley, lose, lose, lose on the way out. That's normally what they do, but she's done now. Monday was her, uh, Monday yeah. tapings were her last gig. That's it. She's the done. The only thing I can think of right now is we know on Monday that Sasha and Asuka are having their championship match. So I would assume something goes down before, during, or after that match that takes her out. Now you've kind of got, I think Gordon kind of touched on or Stephen, I can't remember which one he said, but you've got the perfect kind of little story brewing with Shayna Baszler where she's going to take bitches out. You know, that's kind of her angle. That's her story now that nobody's ready for Shayna because 
that's where she's coming from and I actually really like the, the, the premise of that story so if they have Shayna come in during that match potentially distract Asuka as well and take out Kyrie Sane that works well within the storyline arc and then you've straight into a, a story with Shane and Asuka with Sasha on the belt moving on to someone else so you've got a divergence of the of the belt uh, and her retirement as well yeah. and then we move on to Adam Cole and Pat McAfee work 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 always the work 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 people thought it was real I mean, if you look at it for two seconds, you know what to work. Now, what, what the work is for is what I'm like. What's the point? Then he's not going to have a match. So is he not? What's the... I, think he'll, I think he'll take a bump. I think your I think, I think your bump. name is Morris Moss, is it not? It's not. Um, yeah, no, he's at the end of the day. Like, you know, it's, it, it was clearly a work. It was done on the YouTube exclusive part of the show. If you have someone the size of Adam Cole that's able to come in, you're not going to only have that on the YouTube. Well, sorry. Size of Adam Adam Cole. He's small. (laughs) Um, But it's very much, uh, it was done after the YouTube show, or after the radio portion of his show cut off. I said, if you're having someone like like Adam Cole come on, you're going to try and fit him into the actual show itself. You're not have it be YouTube exclusive. Those f bombs. I know. It's a, it's almost as if they left it until after the radio show part of it because they expect them there to be f bombs. But how are WWE going to promote this or utilize this coverage if he's dropping f bombs? They complete that. But that they still have a talent saying these words. Ah oh, no, fire him! I literally saw people asking for him to be fired on Twitter. For fuck's sake. Were they joyfully wrestling fans? I don't even know if they're <laughs> joyful. I I was I was joyful reading how people got worked by it. Um, <laughs> look, at the end of the day, McAfee is known for being, yeah, he comes across as this kind of jockish, nearly uh, bro kind of thing, you know. It's and he, he he does that does irritate some people or whatever. That kind of person, from all accounts, the lad is fucking loved by pretty much everyone who actually has proper interactions with him. I think he's great. He just he, he comes across. He doesn't give a shit. This lad uh, who's gotten known known by uh, he got fucking shit faced back in like twenty ten and uh, was done for swimming in a canal at like three o'clock in the morning. Just cause he went out and got absolutely fucking blitz drunk, all that sort of stuff. He done the fucking road trip himself and his buddies done the road trip to WrestleMania the year before last, and they fucked up an RV. The lad he the reason he has a wrestling ring he bought it when he was shit faced one night. He forgot that he had ordered it. And next thing, this truck pulls up to his house with a fucking wrestling ring in it. And he forgets it. He's after forgetting about it. So he just gets it set up in the barn. So he just goes out and fucking rolls around in it from time to time. Takes and that's a how he bumps. knows how to take a few bumps. Yeah. You know, he's, so it's it's all just, a, you know, it's a bit of fun. The two of them have had this back and forth stuff on the likes of their watch-alongs on YouTube and stuff like that before. Where Cole tells him to shut up. There's always a bit of a rivalry and... I enjoyed it. It was fun. And worryingly enough, is it bad that this is one of the more believable potential stories in wrestling at the moment? <laughs> that people are more yeah. invested in this than what's actually going on on the TV shows. It's sad. Um, the next thing I want to go to, well, I'll talk about that a bit later, the Big E thing, but Enzo Amore has launched a wrestling school on OnlyFans. Are you subbed already? 
There is a 2020 oh. headline for you. Um, I just said to check very quickly. Sorry. Um, McAfee put up a clip on the YouTube channel for his show last night. Uh, sorry, two days ago nearly now. Uh, just saying Pat McAfee was attacked by Adam Cole during his show. How many viewers did NXT have this week? 615. Something like that. 615. Okay, this video is 618,000. <laughs> <laughs> so the boys have beaten NXT in two days uh, based on these YouTube views. And Cole was trending for four hours that day on a non-show day because of it. Oh, boy. <laughs> but Enzo Amore is teaching people how to wrestle on OnlyFans. Is he teaching himself? Whoa, 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 whoa. Steve, Steve, Steve. Yeah. You're telling me that Enzo Amore is doing something <laughs> But what Enzo does can't be taught. Yeah, you can't teach that. <laughs> Unless it's on OnlyFans and you're going to pay 20 quid a month. <laughs> 20 quid? <laughs> you well. 20 quid a fucking hour, I'd say. I hope he makes that sunny money. You know, that's... <laughs> oh, I clicked oh. on the link. Oh, oh. A libation, puff of all. There you go. I clicked on the link to see what it was and it's all about like hot tags and that sort of thing it's like well at least you know the stuff he's but, talking about is the stuff he was good at but Cass but, took the hot tag all he had to do for the hot tag was make the tag <laughs> yeah I know but he you know it was the whole him selling and you know because I mean in fairness Enzo was brilliant with that sort of stuff um, I mean him teaching promos could be good too but I don't know smack talker Skywalker himself smack talker Skywalker um the Big E singles run we'll talk about later. I'm, I'm pumped for that. That that that's long overdue. Yeah, my um, veins. Cash from the the revival. FTR. Stop it. Just call yourselves your proper names, damn it. I'm really struggling with learning these names. <laughs> um and Road Dog, we're going back and forth on Twitter. Oh, Road Dog is a half read it, yeah. yeah. Road Dog was burying people behind their backs or something, and they were being snarky about it. I don't care. What's this NXT star apologizes backstage at tapings fits? I see here. Go down to the next page. Right. So, Indu Sher. Yes. Now, have they, have they been fed that line? Because I'm starting to think maybe they posted that your man posted that video because he was told to, or that picture because he was told to. Ooh. Maybe. You cynical bastard, Jeff. I'm a wrestling fan. I don't believe anything. So, well, like, don't believe Joey Ryan. So, like, you're never going to believe anything. So, that, do you that that good Christian boy? Do you believe her? I believe. I believe anyone that accused him of anything. Do you believe that Brett screwed Brett? Brett did screw Brett. In fairness, <laughs> <laughs> I love Brett Hart, but Brett screwed Brett. <laughs> but Brett is the greatest wrestler to ever lace up a pair of boots. Potentially, but he definitely screwed himself. But Vince did too. I mean, didn't he? Did he? Did he? He did he. He was willing to drop the title to anyone but Sean and anywhere but Canada. And then he eventually he agreed to drop the title to Sean, but not in Canada. I don't think he. Did. I don't think he agreed to drop it to Sean at all. He was the. I think, was I the think one something came out that he was thinking he was going to be fine with it if they had a right way of doing it, but not in Canada. Oh, but not, he was not willing to drop the title in Canada. As far as I was concerned, it was more so that until Sean showed him respect, he wasn't going to show respect to Sean by dropping the belt to him. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the one 
straw that wasn't going to break for Brett. But sure, look at we could talk ten hours about fucking screw job. To be fair, I was going to say it's it's half ten at night in Ireland on a Saturday night, and here we are talking about the fucking Montreal screw job again. Twenty three years later, twenty twenty lads, the joys of twenty twenty. Um, it's still real to us, damn it. Yeah, um, AEW I thought was quite good this week. Mm. Solid show, solid, solid show. Yes, sorry. Right. Ed- Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. He talks, I listen. Yeah. And you cannot put a fucking, you cannot put a monetary value on that when it comes to wrestling promos. And oh. I love the amount of people that said on Twitter, I had no idea who this guy was and I've watched 10 of his matches now or 10 of his promos. Yeah. I was like, boom. Tell me now, I wasn't on the social medias uh, for most of Wednesday. Was uh, was this leaked in advance or was this a pure surprise? It was a surprise to me, but I, I remember hearing somebody said it. I don't know if I was watching the post show. Basically, before it, before it even uh, before the show even aired, there was murmurs of him and Warhorse. I know that Warhorse obviously had been kind of fucking hounding for this match, and fans yeah. had been hounding for him. And the fact that it was an open challenge with nothing confirmed kind of led people to believe that it was going to be someone outside of the company a la Ricky Stacks a few weeks ago. I Zach was convinced Ryder. it was Zack Ryder, yeah. Especially with the 90-day non-compete up, that yeah. it kind of made sense for someone to come in from the dub Um uh, And maybe that was the whole bait and switch that they wanted. Um, they kind of got you, maybe. Uh, but I fucking mm. loved it. Like We've seen Eddie Kingston in uh, OTT once. Eh, twice now, I think. Back when you were able to go to shows and enjoy things, huh? Man. Mm. Member those days, member. Uh, I time. think I saw Eddie Kingston on an OTT show, but he didn't have a promo. Yeah, one of his first one or two, he didn't have promos. Um, he, just, yeah, he was at the last stadium show, actually, that you would have been at. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking, yeah, I remember. But I loved his strike on NWA. Tomorrow. Oh, okay. Do you remember me and Gordon were talking about Eddie Kingston nonstop in NWA? Just oh, yeah. he was fucking brilliant, so I'm glad he's he's getting he deserves uh, it was all the shine he's getting here now. What they said on commentary, I think Shivani said it that you know he sold his wrestling boots to pay the mortgage during the mm. COVID lockdown era. Like that's fucking hard fucking work for someone yeah. as uh, established as him. You know when you when yeah, in, he, the, in the same week that you see the Good Brothers, you know talking and joking about how they betrayed their friends for the the easy payday. And then you see someone who is arguably more talented than Luke Gallows at me, if you want, struggling to pay mortgage, for example. Then you, you see the inequity within the professional wrestling world right there, where if you're in the WWE, you're sorted for life. If you're not, then you can be month to month, kind of. So it's it really shows the, the, the depth. And if he can get a contract with AEW, which... It looking, it's looking possible. Like they'd be mad not to offer him a deal, especially for as long as NWA is going to be offline. Yeah, uh, sign Eddie Kingston was trending number five in the US that night. The only things ahead of him was something because Snoop Dogg did something, Snoop and then Trump, DMX. Trump was put, yeah, and Trump was putting out fucking military police on the streets. They yeah. were the only things trending ahead of this. So that's big fuck. That's a big fucking deal. Yep. And like he's um, easy like he's easy to work with because, you know, he could easily do something with the LAX guys, you know, because they're yeah. they're all kind of New Yorker street kind of guys. But he, he could work with anyone. Big, small, it doesn't really matter. His character, his gimmick will put over everybody and will work with everybody. It's kind of like an Undertaker vibe, whereas he, he knows how to maneuver himself well enough to to adjust to a big guy, small guy, it doesn't really matter. 
one thing I would change was the tap out. I wouldn't have had him tapping out. You know, because this promo is about how he'll fight and, you know, he'll put this guy under the ground and he's not going to give up and all this stuff. Especially... It's one shot. Especially because the figure four was put on the wrong fucking leg. <laughs> but oh, it was... I, I didn't even notice there. that, to I be honest. Um, but he... The whole thing was, you know, he, this is a shot and he's not going to miss this and he fought all his life for an opportunity like this and he's on national TV. Mm-hmm. And they had him tap out. I'm like, oh, just pin him. Throw him into thumbtacks like you did to Cody, whatever. But that annoyed yeah. me a bit. But look, it was fine. He did another promo after the match on the on the Twitter account. It was very good as well. Yeah, I, no, I, they need to. They need to. I know that I don't want AEW to sign everybody. They're, you can't get into that sort of thing. But this is a guy they could really do with. No, it's something that they've kind of opened themselves up to, and it, it's a good thing where they've effectively given people trials. You know, they've given Ricky Stark mm. a trial. They've given Eddie Kingston a trial, and it gives them the the scope to see how they perform and and the reaction to them, and then they can make the call on the fly and say, okay, look, it went down well. We'll we'll keep you on for another little bit. Absolutely, like it's a no, it's a no-brainer, and it's a win-win because if you tell the guy going out there, look, there's no guarantees. You know, we have this match, and we'll probably book you for a few dark segments, but it all depends on how you get over yourself. It puts the onus on the guy going to the ring to make sure that he earns his contract. Whereas you see the opposite in a lot of companies where they're given the contract before they're ever even on TV, and they go into a, a safety net. Perfect, perfect example where they've they've nothing to work for you know and you know it's the classic Emmanuel Adebayor dilemma right now whereas if he's got something to work for he will be the best fucking striker in the premiership and score more goals than anyone else but it's, you mean when his contract is coming up and he starts putting a fucking ring of or a run of performances together unbelievable Jeff but when he gets that contract he fucking goes missing yep Anyway, um, I believe they did sign Ricky Starks because they said they signed him essentially mid-match. They decided to sign him. So I'm hoping there's something happening with Eddie Kingston. Yeah, although Ricky Starks might be getting in a bit of trouble this week, though. Oh. Oh, after him. uh, What he did to Darby Allen. Over-exuberant. Oh, right. Yeah. When I hear wrestler in trouble this week, I go, oh, no, what did he do? (laughs) It was like on Twitter. I just conditioned. Yeah, no, like he 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 was come out and uh, attacked Darby Allen from behind when Darby Allen was coming to the ring. Straight away, as soon as it happened, it was clear as the fucking nose on your face that Darby was out, and they continued to beat down, they power bombed them three times. It's like, oh lads, will you stop? This guy is out. He's and already no, dead. Nobody noticed, and I know it's live TV, and I know he's moving, but come on, like someone just. Yeah, he stay- back off he's he got knocked into the ropes and his neck snapped back so yeah I don't know who Ricky Starks has joined the Taz team now whatever they're calling them yeah he's, he's part of the plans now so yeah um, what else was going on MGF promo and match was probably the only weak thing on the show in terms of it like eh. meh it's yeah. only so long they could go with him just doing these sort of segments before they actually have to properly put him back into a fucking storyline again yeah, it's just it's it's filler and it's keeping him. It's keeping him on TV and reminding people he's there, but they need to yeah. they need to do more with him. He's too big of a talent to just have in these treading water segments for me. I don't know. Now, there was only the only slight caveat I'd give it is that the the difference this week was that uh, he was mocked for having a second defeat 
albeit a second defeat in tag team wrestling that he wasn't involved in. So it's kind of furthering the possible divide between him and Wardlow. Maybe, I don't know, it depends on how they go with it, but other than trying to read too much into it, it was filler. But MJF, it's, it's hard to class him as filler because he is so entertaining. That's, I yeah. think, yeah, it's time to go. Antok says it in the chat there as well. It's time to go after the title because he's been number one in the rankings for a very long time. Yeah. And they haven't explained why he isn't getting title shots. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. 100%. Uh, they've announced an AEW women's 16 or 16 team tournament or 16 women eight teams tournament they don't have, I mean they don't even have a women's division so what are they that's why they've had to bring in Ivelisse and Diamante just to put them together as a tag team they're like they both have bandanas as part of their ring gear Latin <laughs> yeah. American tag team do they I, have 16 people on the books like I don't I mean, think they do does that mean Mel is making a return guess so I am sticking a pin and reserving judgment till I see this um, I want it. I want it to be done not as a proper tag team tournament. Does anyone remember the is the Aces Wild tournaments the TNA used to do, where the na- the teams would be drawn at random? Oh, fuck. So all sixteen people get put into a fucking drum, and literally names get pulled out, and they're oh, your tag teams. I like ah, that because it is called the Deadly Draw, so they're probably doing that. They better fucking do that. Mm, I, I like want that. that. I want that to happen. It will be too easy for you know. All of a sudden, we're friends, so we're a team, and we're in this 16-team bracket or 18 bracket or whatever it is. It, that, that's just too easy. And to be fair, they're they're used to overly convoluted marketing ideas when it comes to gimmick matches. You know, the the casino battle royal kind of a thing. Um, yeah, no, I I'd love the sound of that. Something different. Yeah, do it straight up. Fuck it, completely random. 16 people, bang. Even do it live on YouTube or do it live on something else they want to promote. Yeah, lethal says they uh, Antox says they're lethal lottery. Yeah, hundred percent. If they have in their heads who they want to win, what person they want to come out of this, whatever, yeah. just turn around and say the winning team has a one-on-one match to decide who's the number one contender to Shida. Yeah, and then decide who you want to win the whole thing, and that team wins it all. When I when they started this segment, I was match. I was terrified that they were going to announce a women's tag team division or titles. Oh yeah. I thought, oh Jesus Christ, no! You don't have enough fucking women for a singles title, let alone a fucking tag team. But I like the idea of a cup, and if they do it, they could do it. A la how the WWE brought in you know independent talent for the likes of the Cruiserweight Classic and the May Young Classic. They could bring in non-contracted talent that are on the indie scene for this. Yeah. So, for example, if Martina is not going to be wrestling for Ring of Honor anytime soon, could she be a part of this? You know, that's what I'm just opening the question and saying, you know, you've got your lovely lady who wrestles for NWA. Thunder Rosa. Give us I, wonder, Thunder Rosa. I wonder if she's going to be available for this, possibly. You know, have her win the whole thing, but that'd be that the way of bringing her in. But that's what I mean. You know, you, we've all said that their women's division is. Oh subpar to a fucking nth degree behind NXT so why not bring in in kind of non-contracted talent and see what they could do what was the weird one they had a couple weeks ago Abaddon was it the yeah. zombie one Abaddon Abaddon yeah she was on Dark this week as well give us, give us a team of her and Raven Creed in that fucking tournament or something Just <laughs> go completely fucking balls to the wall bonkers with a sort of shit um, the young bucks attacked Butcher and the Blade Eds and we're just trying to cook up some meat backstage Big meaty men tenderizing meat. <laughs> yeah, big meaty men preparing dinner. <laughs> this was one um, of the best falls count anywhere matches I've seen in recent memory. Yeah, it was good. It was good shit. I got, I got 
the whole brawl in the kitchen gave me throwbacks to the original WWE Smackdown and yeah. Smackdown 2 games on the <laughs> yeah. yes uh, the backstage brawls are always good yeah no it was good and I, to be fair I loved, I loved the, the finish for the, uh, the spot for the finish the, yeah. the double dive off the top of the Tron Love it. Topped, topped a million viewers during this segment yeah and not a Canadian destroyer in sight coincidence I think not I sincerely <laughs> hope that they do that as a gimmick on BTE that you know oh people are sick of destroyers eh well we're going to show them I would love it because their finger is on the pulse for so much of what they do they've even kind of touched on it with um, private party and botches did you see yeah. the segment with Matt Hardy I think it was last week where Matt Hardy was teaching the moves in the ring and they kept botching like a simple bump and roll <laughs> And he's like, God damn it. And like their, their finger is on the pulse. So I'll give them credit for that. So if if we notice something, you can be sure that they've noticed it as well. So let, I, I'd love to see them kind of work the whole overexposure of the Canadian Destroyer into it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I can't wait for Cornette to review Cody against Warhorse next week because he's just <laughs> going to call him a cosplay wrestler and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'll be the first. I've never seen Warhorse. I don't know who he is or I've never seen any of matches or heard of him before. So I'm going into this blind. <laughs> God only knows what I'm going to see. He's been posting videos of his elbow drop, but actually it's pretty fucking good. He's got a good ass elbow drop. Is it Kyrie so, Sainable? No, it's just a good one. You know, well, I mean... I mean, Bailey has an even better one. <gasps> Bailey's better Bailey. than Kyrie Sane? No, probably not Kyrie's. I just think she's got the perfect Shawn Michaels style elbow drop. It's yeah. fucking great. Well, if you, Shawn if you, Michaels, if almost you, macho man. Not quite macho man, nah, but almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I'll put this on a linear scale. I think Kyrie Sane's got the best elbow drop in the business, right? Yeah. I love him, but CM Punk had probably the worst elbow drop in the business. <laughs> uh, he was just sloppy as fuck. Zack Ryder wasn't great. Uh, not I didn't great. like Ryder's. I'd agree. Matt Hardy's one was always fucking inch perfect. He does the top rope, yeah. uh, was off the second rope leg drop, and you never touch the guy. Yeah. yeah. Never touch him. And that's why he walks funny now, because he fucked his hips up doing it for so long. Maybe fucking Nia Jax could do with a bit of hip problem, so. Can <sighs> uh, someone mentioned her last off. night, actually. She's got enough problems. Someone mentioned this last night. She put Charlotte out in storyline for weeks, and she hasn't been on TV since. Nia, I mean. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh and say this, but this. Put a d- d- definitive pause between those two. Does she have the Rona? I mean, it's potentially. Because, I mean, Apollo Crews was supposed to be on uh, whatever that thing was, Extreme Rules, but he didn't make it for mysterious reasons. Coronavirus. It, he, it was confirmed he had the Rona. What was it? Okay. Yeah, it yeah. Was confirmed on Monday afternoon that he has it. Not by an official to WWE, it's just. Dave confirmed it. Yeah. To be fair, if, um, if Meltzer comes out and says it's true. In that sort of a, I believe that storyline, yeah. he's not going to say that unless he knows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hangman was saved by FTR uh, after the yes. Dark Order mauling. Yes, it's Vague. all coming together. <laughs> so happy, I'm so fucking happy. And good match. The other big thing. Solid match. Yeah, again, very good match. And like the, the other thing we should say while we're talking about that match is that that guy who had the match with Page. Is the same guy who had the t- uh, the near twenty minute match with Kenny two months ago in one Atlanta? The, yeah, it's one of QT's one of QT's trainees. Yeah, I so I know we, we kind of touched on it then. It's like, why is Kenny Omega having this fifteen minute match with a jobber? It's turning out at least now that he's not a jobber per se, and he's you know he can do the graps. He's able to keep Hangman Page to a, a match. 
he seems to be relatively well liked within the company and is high enough within the Dark Order as well. So I like that they made a story out of it and that it wasn't just a jobber getting a 15 minute. He's not a putty, he's an actual henchman essentially. Yeah, like he, he fucking is good, he's solid. Hired goons, hired goons, hired goons. Uh, and then Sammy Guevara returns dressed as Serpentico. I had no who fucking clue who Serpentico was, but I didn't know. Exactly, so so it doesn't matter. So basically, <laughs> as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Oh, Sammy's back!" Yeah. And I'm like, "Huh, that's an interesting one." Is a month enough for him to be sorry? Yeah, that's fine for me. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. Like, how long is a piece of string? You know, I, I, six inches. Well, hey. Sounds like well, a good night. If you want more than six inches in a Bluetooth. <laughs> That's a perfect Bluetooth moment there. Damn it, Bluetooth. Uh, we, need clip all these. we need to clip all of the unofficial, unpaid Bluetooth bits we've had and send them in and be like, we're already doing this. Give us a fucking Koji cunt. Yeah, it's like, how many times have we gone, oh man, that would have been a great Bluetooth segment, but we don't have a Bluetooth sponsorship. And then I can play a sad music underneath. Where, and where, where. <laughs> Um. Yeah, no, I'm conscious of the time now because it's quarter to eleven. Yeah. So I want to kind of get through <laughs> I stuff. More cans. Um. Yeah, and then NXT. The big stuff, obviously, was that Keith Lee vacated the North American title, which is an odd one considering they had a massive build for the winner take all, and then two weeks later he drops one of the titles. They, they need have viewers. Weird. They need viewers. They sure do. That was bad booking. Putting yeah. all your eggs in one basket doesn't always work, boys. Rarely no. work. Yeah, no, in terms of, yeah, I probably would have had him beaten for it, like screwed out of it or something. Um, if What would have... I don't know, but like, I mean, what would have would, come you up have in, to have the title there for other people to fight for it. Oh, 100%, know. but what would, have, what would have been the problem of this match, the, the main event that this of this week happens? Well, we'll touch on it in a minute, but uh, main event obviously happens this week all the drama at the end of it then would say next week or whatever turns out Lee has to defend the North American title or in two weeks time or whenever he has to defend the title against fuck it pick someone Bronson Reed screw it we'll say we'll say Bronson Reed the triple threat match mm. was the number one contendership cool someone believable someone who can hang with him size wise and then you have Cross come out and cause a distraction that leads to Reed getting the win. Yeah. Reed's your new North American champ. It's a fucking. He can turn around and say that he's beaten Keith Lee. It's something that no matter what the outcome or how it happened, it's something he can hang his hat on. And you also set up nicely for your main title feud of Cross and Lee. It's just plays oh, that story oh, along, oh, but also oh, moves the belt oh, out of it. Oh, oh, oh. oh. A libation. Puff of all. Oh, yes. Boom goes the dynamite. I just had this in the freezer. Oh. Maybe. But yeah, there's so many other ways they could have gone with this and moved the title and used it to make someone instead of just doing a tournament, which don't get me wrong, I think it's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to lead to yeah, a, it is. a ladder match. And it's going to, like the matches they've had, that they had and have announced are fucking amazing oh, already. Oh, next week. So like it's it's already, it's looking good, but I just think that it's something you could have used to properly make somebody by having them being able to beat Keatley in a match, Might which would have meant more got than... Loomis. Loomis Baller and Thatcher next week. Fucking, where is it? Number four. Just took it to my <laughs> veins! I can't wait for that. I, I, it's weird because 
you look at the at the triple threat that was on this week, which was fantastic. You look at the, oh, man, the triple threat next week, which I don't know how it could possibly disappoint. And you think, okay, that's great. We got some you know good shit to watch. But then you look at the reason why they're doing it, and like you can't. I don't think we can skip past that because it is so bad. Like you, you built the feud through uh, Bash at the Beach. No, what was it? Um, Great American, American Bash. Bash. Great American Bash. Sorry, trademark and copyright infringements all over the place. How dare you? How dare you? Um, How dare you? What the fuck is wrong with that guy? Thank you. And um, but the biggest problem I had with that is. By Keatley winning the or holding the North American title and then winning the NXT title, you effectively elevated the North American title to being on a par with the NXT title, which is good. No, it's not. In a, no, in a sense, it, it. I think it's as good. I mean, it's lesser. So that they brought it down by saying Keatley is dropping this one because the other one is obviously the bigger title. They should have. It's it's classic. You know, don't put yourself in that situation if you can't get out of it. All titles yeah. should mean something. Even yes. the European title had a certain level of prestige to it, whereas when you have someone who's just, ah, I don't want to hold this title, I, you know, it's it may no, not, it, it says yeah. one is higher than the other, which is true, but you don't need to knock the prestige of a title. The way I look at it. What, the, the reason, or the, the, the question I ask myself when I look at these things is like, which would I rather be, the North American champion or the NXT title champion? And on the basis of watching the show, there's no reason that I would want to be one of those champions over the other. And but that's, 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 that's the point of, but that's the point of the long build to the. You've got was it six triple threat matches or whatever it is, and then at the end of that, the winners face off in a ladder match. So it builds it up as this thing that all these guys want. And I get these great that. matches. And I get all that, and you know, don't get me wrong, I, I I will enjoy the journey that we're going to go on. But the point is, is that you know, ultimately the number one person on your brand is the NXT champion. So they are at the top of the mountain. Where do you position the NXT North American title and their status, their prestige? My, I, I, the one thing I always hate with mid-card titles, and that's what the North American title is, it's the mid-card title for NXT, is how do you differentiate that from the NXT title itself? Those paths should never cross because the muddy the waters get too muddy between them. You know, uh, in, in at least in Dynamite, I'm not trying to make this an AEW versus NXT thing, but you have their, their mid-card title is the TV title. Its thing is that it gets defended on TV. You know, at least there's a logical gimmick behind the title which makes it logical and understandable for a viewer to say, okay, Moxley is the, the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. That's the big one. I understand that's the, the best you can be. This title is going to be defended on the television show. I understand that. I understand why I'd want that. You know, you need to explain, and this is something WWE have historically been terrible at, but they don't explain why somebody wants to be that champion. You know, if, if you say, okay, if you're the NXT champion, you have a monetary bonus and you get a bonus for every time you successfully defend it. Yeah. If you're the North American title, I fucking hate that name so, so badly. Never titles. They make no fucking sense unless you can only win that title if you are physically from that area. Yep. I, you hate regional. regional titles in general. They're fucking that, stupid. That's to regional titles. They never made sense. 
Like, what? Why, why is there a United States Championship? What does that even mean? Why was there a European Championship? I loved it because I'm European. Well, but it makes no sense when a non-European can win it. Dino Brown it holding makes- any title, never mind the European title, was bollocks, I will admit. Remember when Kurt was European and intercontinental? Yeah, that was Euro, great. The Eurocontinental champion. Eurocontinental champion. Um, but the point is, like, when they when Keith Lee won both titles, me as the viewer did not understand which had more prestige. You've effectively put both t- titles on the one person, and now I'm supposed to believe that by him dropping one straight away, that means nothing. So when I looked at it, he rose through the ranks and he won everything he could uh, on his climb to the top. Yes. And then, but then there was too much to do and you had to defend the world title because that was the goal all along. But then, an, So that's nar- the way I looked at it. But A narrative coming off that is he doesn't want to defend the North American title, so he's disregarding that and he's continuing with the NXT title. So, you know, I'm not saying there is one definitive way to look at this. I'm saying there's different narratives that you can take from it. And the one that is overriding to me is that the North American title means jack shit and he's just dropping it. And whoever wins that next is in a fucking shit way because they've taken a title that Keith Lee didn't want. Deliverance with the shout there of that basically the divisions need a divide between them. Not doesn't even necessarily need to be a spoken divide or whatever, but I mean, if you look at your main roster, for the most part, you know who's in your IC title picture and you know who's in your world title picture. Yeah, and now, the, obviously the, guys go up and down from that, but you have your clear divide of these are these are the guys who are at that level. You have other guys who are at this level, and you have your clear divide in brackets. Like, obviously, yeah, and Jomo and Miz go up; they're now going to sink back down a bit. They're going to do their own thing. We may see Jomo go back up there again, but you know, you always expect here's the ceiling for these guys. Other guys are going to go on to that higher level. Whereas with NXT, they've gone so far with having top guys in the North American title picture to try and establish it. It's never been properly established as a mid-card title, which is the issue for me because you always have it on guys who are top guys. Yeah. Mm. You have to have it on. You have to have it as that stepping stone title. To an extent, it worked with Lee because he hadn't won that main title before. But you looked like you had the likes of Cole winning that title. You had all these guys who were already who were in that title pick, the main title picture. Then it just all got involved in North American. There was no clear divide in it, and that's where they there was the log jam at the time. Though, do you remember? There, there was. There was just all this top talent with nothing there to was, do. But they still could yeah. have easily have had when they put all that top talent in there. They could have had okay Priest. Now, obviously, I know he's someone who's probably going to go into the main title picture at some point anyway. But he's someone who is still kind of. He's still finding his niche in there. He's he's doing all right. He's having very good matches, but he's still he's not ready for the main title picture yet. Mm-hmm. So he's the person you put that belt on. You establish yeah. him in that division, then he loses it, makes a step up. But they haven't probably really in. done that with anyone yet, because everyone who's held it, with the exception maybe of Roddy, has always been. You're always expecting him to challenge for the main title anyway, so they haven't had. Are they all? Are they, or they already have. were world champion? Yeah, yeah. So they've never. They've never probably like, made that breakdown of of having it as the mid-card title because it's always top guys holding it. And I think they need to establish it as that. And maybe that's what they're doing now. You, obviously, Bronson Reed being in there was a big surprise to everyone. I'm going to assume Priest is going to be in one of these tag time or triple threat matches. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. But Gordon makes a great point there. And it was, it was something I didn't really think of beforehand was that it, it, has, it was introduced at a top level and was kept at that level. You know, for for it to make sense, at least for me, and kind of going back to what 
and Tox says, you know, there needs to be a divide. You need to be able to see why certain people are going for one belt and why certain people are going for another belt. And WWE need to introduce something, a mechanic or a stipulation or condition or a bit, a piece of logic that states why a title is relevant for some people and not others. Something even as simple as you're not allowed to compete for the NXT title unless you've won the North American title first. So it's kind of, you've now introduced it as the stepping stone. So you, you say, okay, to earn your shot at the NXT title, you have to prove that your championship material by winning the North American title first. Now that's an option. And you can kind of what flashed before my eyes, what flashed before my eyes there is New Japan are going through the same sort of conundrum right now as well. Whereas having the double champ over there, you know, it's kind of, unless they merge the two in New Japan, you're going to have the same problem of taking one of the belts off of Evil. Because Naito with both belts, made sense for him as a as a character as the storyline but yeah. now that evil's got both belts you're, you're you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because okay evil's the new guy over there great he's, he's earned that he's, he's he's going to be a good champion he's got the backing of the bullet club but how do I you saw clips today of Hiromo against evil and it looks bananas and i've heard a lot of people talking about it being a fucking match of the year match of the year contender that was last night was so, it or is that this morning this morning yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. But that's Mind the point you. I'm going to make. It's how do you then separate those Master two belts? Base. Oh, hey, giggity, giggity. All right. <laughs> uh, but how do, you, how do you separate those belts? And, you know, when they, when, yeah. they, when they got Keith Lee into that position where you had both belts, you were always going to have this problem of how do you take the belts off him? Now, the, the, only, the only kind of time in history that I can remember where this was done well was when Shawn Michaels dropped the European title to Triple H. That was fucking hilarious. Now, that was perfect because it made sense. Yeah. And it didn't diminish the status of the belt, nor did it impact the person who was getting the belt next. Yeah. So, I, I, anyway. so I'm comparing... I think, I think we've made our point here. <laughs> rabble, rabble, loud noises. Rabble, rabble, loud noises. They really need to sort out the divide <laughs> between the two titles, bit. Yeah. We the triple thread obviously then we thought was great. Uh, Bronson Reed wins it. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Not um, lie, I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it, it made the most sense for me because there was no reason for him to lose that match. Yeah. If you've got a ladder match where you're going to have six, at least six people, maybe more, depending on on how many they want in there, you want someone like Bronson Reed because that's going to give him his moment. Yeah. And Strong and Gargano have had so many moments. There, there's no benefit for them being in that match. NXT needs a change in the guard. It feels like it's come full circle because do you remember when they announced the North American title? There was all this new talent to NXT, not new talent, yeah. that were in the the, um, the main event ladder match. match. EC3's first ladder yeah. match. Uh, yeah. uh, Killian Dane, was it? Velveteen Dream. Adam Cole and... Adam Cole. Who's the fifth? Who's the sixth? Oh, fucking Lars Sullivan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember Lars Sullivan. They released a fucking two dozen people or whatever it was, two dozen people, and that prick still has a contract. I don't understand it. Anyway, uh, Thatcher and Lorcan fight pit. Just Put them in I fight know pit. I say it's this about a lot of matches. It has to be takeover. You know what? Fight pit. Yeah, fight pit. Just fight pit. And if you want to do the triple threat next week in a fight pit too, I'm fine with it. NXT take. Hey, do you know what? Fight pit ladder match. Oh. I mean, you've got the option of climbing the ladder, or you can go to the the scaffold and try and jump and collect it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and mix so between favors division kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, just fight pit, you know. I need more fight pit. Well, what if we were um, to have the fight pit around two rings? <gasps> oh my god, fight pit war games. Steve will did never that, need a blue shoe like, again. Did, that, did anyone think? <laughs> did anyone think when they said that Regal was making an announcement? Oh, war games. 100%. I had to put out the tweet. Two words, eight letters. <laughs> War, games. <laughs> War games. War games. I thought, I thought he was... Um, I'm not going to lie. When I saw the tweet, I thought he was stepping really? yeah. Ooh. Oh. A libation. Puff of all. You saucy minx. Um, Go for a sneaky one. <laughs> uh, Cross and Dijakovic then was fantastic. Amazing. Yes. I loved it. The Dijakovic wasn't able. Basically, they did the and you know I see people criticizing the melodramatic NXT storytelling. I'm like, at least there's storytelling. Fucking hell! If you were, if there was nothing going on, you'd be complaining that there's no stories. Now there's these heavy storylines, and you're fucking still complaining. I'm okay with it. I um, loved it. I I'm gonna say one slight thing, and this is not a dig at it at all. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I loved it. I said a nearly attempted murder. But uh, I put out the tweet about it on the night. They're saying, loving everything about Cross and Scarlet and everything they've done so far. But I couldn't help but think how amazing would this have come across in like a full sail sort of an atmosphere where you have a, or just a crowd. Yeah. Just having that fucking tense atmosphere. Having just Except- the air. Imagine, imagine this in the fucking national stadium. Mm-hmm. It was uh, stop it, stop it. He's already dead. Type. Situation. It was. Yeah. It was. Inc- it was amazing, done as it was with just the trainees and stuff around the ring. It was still amazing. Now, how much more amazing would it have been if it was in the fight pit? <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, because he could have done the step spot in the fight pit. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, bring the steps into the fight know. pit. Fuck it. Bring, the, bring it into the fight, fight pit. Fight pit step pit. Fight pit step match. <laughs> You know, <laughs> oh my god, a fight pit stairs match. There we go, we have it. Bring oh, back man, Eric Rowan. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this was brilliant. Uh, Scarlet and Cross are just fucking fantastic. Need you know what? Just I, I hate saying it. I hate saying it. Just put them up to fuck. Just put them up on the main roster. I hate saying it, but <sighs> do I want that? I don't know. I don't know if I want if, to take it away if from you NXT, were, but If you were, what brand do you put them on? Oh. Raw because they've got more time to kill him versus Drew. He yeah. carried the big man in a match, yeah. And yeah. Raw should be the, the 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 big man land, yeah. Alistair Black and Killian Cross, Killian Carrion Cross, oh, Killer that, Cross. That, that, that still annoys me so. We're going to get to it. There's a rant coming later. We're going, do you know what? Fuck it. Is there anything else we need to say about NXT? I don't think there is. Other than the fact it, it, started, all that stuff. it started ice cold. Icy, yeah. icy cold. And ramped. Like, I said to you in the message, I said, NXT started hot and stayed hot and cooled at the end. Cooled slightly at the end. NXT started sub-zero and got hot halfway through and finished you red hot. You mean, you mean AEW started? AEW started hot and then took the dip towards the end. Yes, know? sorry. I beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the cables was hanging uh, over me candle here. Oops. Did we set the house on fire? Let's see how it... Let's see how it played out for them. We're in a ratings war, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's the length that kills you. It gets, it gets me every time. I still love it as much every week. 
<laughs> so, of course, the winner again was Guy's Grocery Games, who pulled in a staggering 1.8 million viewers across the two hours. It did more than Raw. <laughs> Guy's Grocery Games did more viewers than Raw this week. That's fucking crazy. Guy's Grocery Games got so popular that they've added a second hour. They put on two shows back to back. People love it. <laughs> it's fucking... My God, I'm gonna have, I said it last week, but I am going to do it this. Kira, remind me, we're going to watch on a show called Guy's Grocery Games. No. Yeah, we're doing it. It's where you go shopping we for that in, It's happening, yeah. pal. It's happening, pal. We said the same thing about Shouty Kitchen, but now we love it. I'd imagine it, it would hook you in the same way that like uh, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares hooks you in. Yeah, Shouty Kitchen. <laughs> That's what we call it. <laughs> Shouty Kitchen. <laughs> We need to watch Shouty Hotel, actually, because I've watched clips of that, and that looks good. Shouty Hotel looks good. Episodes. Shouty Hotel is all right. It's not, like, quite, it's and, not quite the level of Shouty Kitchen, but it's it's a good watch. It's a good watch. And stop Shouty eating. Pubs. Shouty Beef. Have you watched Shouty Pubs? You want the Shouty Beef? You want the Shouty Beef? What's it called? Bar Rescue? Bar Rescue. I think it's called. With that. yeah. That's very good. He's angrier than, than Gordon Ramsay. Like, to a... a, a, a he go, Gordon Ramsay gets angrier throughout the day. You know, that kind of way where you keep seeing people fucking up. Paste. Yeah. This guy kicks the fucking doors down at the pub or, or the bar and he starts in on people, insulting their mothers. It's fantastic. It's, it's, it would outdo Guy's Grocery Games if it did Wednesday night. I feel that's where Fitz gets <laughs> most of his material from because all he does is just curse <laughs> for people's mothers. Hey, uh, yeah. hey, I'm a, I'm a mother lover. Uh, Fitz, when you did the script, did you change the numbers here for the ratings at the top yeah. to make it? Yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, sorry, my finger was over the as of July, so never mind. So yeah, AW up to 34 wins to NXT's 9. Um, and then NXT had a, a down week that were only down 2.5% at 6.15, but AW, like, smashed it this week. Um, was it 8.45? They gained an extra 57,000 viewers. That's a big jump. A big mm, jump, big jump. And it peaked um, and topped at a million for the Young Bucks finish as well, which is severely impressive. Yeah. That's a that's a big landmark, that is. Uh, I, think something I assume that's where the average came from then. If they were over a million for that match, it would make sense that yeah. the average would be so high at 845. The problem was, as, as you alluded there, the layout of NXT this week drove people away. Yeah. Um, and I'm someone who I didn't hate the Loomis Dane match as much as some other people did. Because I love Loomis and I really mm. like Dane as well. Um, so I didn't hate this as much as everyone else. I thought it could have been better, but anything with Dane in it is good for me. Um, so I didn't quite hate that as much. Breezango versus Everrise. I really like Everrise. They're doing some good stuff on 205 Live. I'd rather they stick. I like the Mounties entrance. I'd, I'd rather. <laughs> it's fun. They were clearly brought in just to give Breezango an entrance to do. Um, yeah. I wish they'd stick with Everrise on 205 and give them a chance to just focus on being good in matches rather than actually being out there as enhancement guys like they are at the moment in NXT anytime they're there but it was very much set up that after the opener even if people enjoyed the opener there was a lot of stuff there to push people away to the point I think it it dragged a little bit that was yeah there was something didn't quite stuff on yeah there was stuff on AEW that I didn't enjoy but it was fast yeah and it just it got in and got out I'm like cool no bother carry on like if if NXT if NXT had taken couple of minutes off the Breezango match, minute or two off the Blackheart Aaliyah match and split that up between Thatcher Lorcan, give that an extra couple of minutes and maybe throw yeah. in an extra enhancement match to 
fuck it, maybe get Grimes a quick yeah. win over someone, one of his quick fucking minute or two. Or even a, him as someone a out to cut a promo. Anything. Right, just quick five minute promo. Anything yeah. at all, just to fill something else, have something else in there. Not everyone has to have matches the length of what NXT has been doing lately. Um, yeah. It's Can good to have a match again. That the only women's match in NXT this week was uh, Shotzi Blackard versus Aaliyah. So in in a in a universe where everyone and their mother would agree that NXT's women's division is far superior than AEW's women's division, AEW's women's division won the Wednesday Night War over the NXT women's division this week in a big way with two people that aren't signed. Yeah, potentially that should tell them something. They should be not. Uh, they're they're not signed yet. But yeah. they, I I think they done themselves. I can, how, that they should get signed. How do NXT Apparently, have, so sorry to interrupt you. How do NXT have so many good not even good, great women on their roster and not have a match on this show? Apparently, um Eva Lease uh, got a, has a bit of the Tessa Blanchards about her in terms of like she likes to finger, Oh, sorry, okay. She literally <laughs> takes dumps and records it. <laughs> Attitude problems that she seems she's, oh, overall, she's a bit of a shitty person. She's nah, she's, yeah. she's had two tryouts at WWE and they didn't they passed on her twice. She, she was in the main young or tough enough, that's what it was. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. that's the story anyway. Apparently, she's a bit of a bih, so maybe still love the rumors they're bringing in Tessa. Why the fuck didn't they bring in Evelise? You're saying that super, oh, te- is Tessa still trapped in Mexico because of the border so, thing? Yeah. Well, Pentagon was trapped in Mexico and he's not there anymore. Yeah. So Phoenix too. And uh, make take Should have left them there, the pricks, with their flippies oh. and their floppies and their yeah, <laughs> messing, messing. Anyway, I think we're gonna make history <gasps> in our ratings tonight. <gasps> Score is currently twenty one twenty one. AEW has never led this rating. Our ratings. They've never been ahead of NXT in terms of our scores. Not once. Do you remember NXT was like eight nil? When we first NXT started, would, or maybe eight one. NXT ran away with it at the start. Yeah, and then that was like all the four blip. of us voting, and we all said NXT was the better show it was a blip oh. for two or three weeks, and then yeah. NXT took off again. And I think NXT yeah. wasn't it like twenty fourteen at one stage, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was something ridiculous like that. Yeah, twenty twelve, I think it was. Could have been something the, like any, that. Like yeah. yeah, it's something. Yeah, but basically, yeah, AEW tied it up last week. I think it was that it tied it up. Yeah, it was um, last week. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're all voting AEW this week. Don't think there's any yikes. Do you know what? Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> NXT wasn't bad, but we, the, you know, there was some brilliant fucking stuff on NXT this week. It's just that the rest of the show was a bit shite. As Fitz said, you know, and, and AEW had a better level of consistency, whereas NXT has too many peaks and troughs throughout it, where the troughs are too low that even with the height of that main event which genuinely is one of the fucking it's, I enjoyed that more than pretty much anything I think I've seen oh. in the last couple of months it was that good for me that was pay-per-view level stuff that was fucking yeah. brilliant top quality two oh. top guys going out there doing top guy stuff and fucking delivering Lee needs to get a bit angrier it's the one bit of feedback I'll give he's seen his best mate mm. his, his frenemy getting fucking absolutely destroyed by this guy and he's probably next in it and he some it's emotion. A bit, too, bit too docile on the outside mm. for my liking, but slightly. Maybe that's it's a shock small. thing. Yeah, though. possibly. You know. Maybe they'll play it off as that. Um, supposed to be a certain I mean, that level would of be... honor. Next thing, this guy goes out and stomps yeah. the stairs with a lad's head squashed between it. Next level of shock. 
you know, they're, they're, to be fair, they're, they're, there is that element they can play off. But I just wouldn't have minded just a little bit, a little bit more. But other than that, that ending was fantastic. But it came after a fairly weak half an hour, forty minute period there as well with the with the breeze angle mm. and the black heart match. Um, Which you know what they weren't bad. It was no, just they were just there. Yeah, yeah. I compare it to the MGF match where it's like, eh. Yeah. Do you know it wasn't the biggest thing this week? But if you look, they and, have there's, that. A, there's a sick part of me. There's a sick, sick part of me, Gordo, that I thought the MGF promo could have been something different. Oh. So you know how they said the Jungle Boy, you, this guy Garrison looks quite like Jungle Boy. He yeah. was calling him Jungle Man or whatever. I was thinking maybe they could say he looked a bit like he could be Jungle oh. Boy's dad. And then you could, you know where I'm going there. Yeah. And that's MJF. Oh. That's where I, that I, it's horrible and they shouldn't have done it. There was a part of me going, is he going to do what I think is, he's going to yeah. do? My mind went there. Yeah. I was like, oh no, don't, but do, but don't. <laughs> There's no recovering from that. Obviously you'd need to have permission from his entire family to make that kind of a Also, joke. Antox, but, we have not seen the fucking light. We've not seen the light. <laughs> still NXT for life. We, I just objected. <laughs> we, we're just honest. We're just we're just honest. We all, we always go. There's no agendas here. We pick what we thought was the better show on the night, yeah. and it it just happens to be that it's so close. <laughs> and now AW for the first time has been the reason why they're it's taken this long for AW to be ahead is because NXT was so much better than them for a longer stretch of time. Yeah. Whereas now and AW, AW have nailed the consistency yeah. of the show. Everything just seems to flow better on AW over the last month yeah. and a half, two months that. They really find their and, groove nicely across the board. I mean, yeah, they'll have yeah. their ups and downs, whatever. But there's a certain base. Yeah, the baseline, better, the yeah. baseline in AEW is higher than NXT well, at the moment. Yeah, the baseline used to be fucking atrocious, yeah. and then it got yeah. you know, and then there was the bits that we all love, like the Cody matches, and depending on your opinion of the tag matches, the you know, the, those were always the highlights. Either you hated them or you loved them, but it was a good talking point. But the one thing I, NXT I would... now is having. They took that's why basically all I'm saying is NXT was like eight or nine ahead at one point, and that's why it took so long. When you think about it, that's two and a half months of shows, yeah. so and it's, it takes a while. You think about it, it, it AEW really shouldn't be winning this, and this is coming from the AEW mark of the show. Speaking of agendas, I kid, I kid, I kid, I joke. <laughs> you wouldn't be on the show if there was an agenda. We can't run ships like that. <laughs> no, we can't. We're not that organized. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> also, we just run with it and just take the piss out. You're saying I'm short? <laughs> Fuck you, Fitz. Fuck. <laughs> got a real size problem on this podcast. NXT has got what five years of uh, effectively weekly running shows. Yeah, established brand. AEW has maybe six months of TV shows in front of a live studio audience. And as four months after saying, as nearly as many COVID now at this stage as there is TV. You know, when when you put it into context, and I know that it's it's easy to want them to be perfect straight out of the blocks when you can look at the other company and see what they're doing, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. You think it should be easy to do it. And I completely understand that. But when you've got a new team coming in, no necessarily lead booker, no Kevin Dunn, no, no, no you know, interchangeable person that you can just say, okay, I want to do what they're doing and expect it to work straight away. <laughs> Within a year, they've done a great job of what they've been able to do. 
<laughs> Deliverance is coming. <laughs> the guy's grocery games master race. GGG <laughs> um, for life. Yeah, they. I think the the way we rated it reflects the change in AEW is definitely whether you hate the show. Even like someone Cornette who pr- pretends to hate the show for ratings himself, but he loves it. It's more exciting. Yeah. Regardless, like I've I've always gone okay. I'll, I'll always unless something is, you know, like oh my god, this is kicking off the show. Or I'll always always start with AEW when I'm watching live just to see what's going on. Yeah. Brighter, it's just visually, it's a brighter show. The colors, is mad mm. flips, and you know, there's yeah. always something cool happening. Uh, whereas NXT is very heavy emotional kind of storyline stuff. Good matches, long, uh, but you know, Do you know the, the AEW positioned themselves as a variety show. They've always said yeah. that, and they've they've prided themselves on that, and that's what works for them, and that's why a lot of people find it more entertaining than NXT because when NXT is good, it's great, but when NXT is not good, it really isn't that good. Do you, and you know what? Even on that, I'll expand there for you. <clears throat> when a when NXT is not good, it's just flat and boring and bland. Yeah. When AEW is bad, it's there's silly storylines or there's some mad botches. There's always something to talk about. We're going, oh, I can't believe... Like the Dark Order thing. Did you see that stupid motherfucker? He was punching nothing and there was always something. Yeah. There's always did, something did to... Did see how Private Party to, fucked up four times in one match? Or yeah, there's always something you know, to get to. There's always something that you, does, you can have a laugh at. Not mean-spirited, but you can always go, ah, stupid motherfucker, or I hated that flip, or yeah. Pentagon why, tagged in while he was sitting in the fucking ring. Never forget. Why the, you know, there's always something like he, that. Why did Matt hold Nick's leg so he could take the destroyer when the other two had to stand <laughs> and wait on the ramp for 30 seconds so they could vault the other exactly. guy? Exactly. Exactly. So there's always something like that, whereas if NXT is bad, it's just flat. Nothing happens. There's no excitement. It's in a dark black arena with nothing no shitty lighting and isn't that the worst criticism you can give a show and that's you know taking myself out of whatever context that i might be in that's the worst thing you can put against any of these shows is that it's boring welcome to monday night raw (laughs) (laughs) but it's true though if you think about it because like i said to you on the messages nxt this week was like dr jekyll and hyde yeah. Or Jekyll and Doctor, whatever way you want to put it. Yeah. It the first hour of the show for me was one of Oh, he's gone. R.I.P. Fitz. Uh his his master, Tony Khan, took him out. Tony's like Tony's like, oh, it's okay, we're still one of the demos, it's fine. Oh, will you give him a text or something there? Because yeah. he might be out of the Discord. Oh he's back. back. Oh he's moving again. There you go. He's frozen again. Oh, oh, oh wait, there he oh. is. No, you're gone. Say words. You're dead. Say words. I can hear ye, motherfucker. There you go. Yeah, no, you're you're back now. Okay. So I was saying, yeah, boring. Like the the first hour of NXT this week was the most boring and unentertained I've been watching an NXT show in months, if not years. But then you can run out a bit of steam. But then you contrast that with the second hour of NXT, which was arguably the most entertained I've been from an hour consistently of NXT probably all year. Yeah. Because you had the the triple threat match, which I thought was fantastic. I think that triple threat match was better than the triple threat match that Keith Lee won to retain the NXT North American title. Don't I said that a few weeks ago that I wasn't overly enthused by that triple threat. Yeah. I thought this was a lot better. Then you had Thatcher and um, 
Only Larkin. Only Larkin. I thought that was probably a better match overall than their first because I think there was a bit more substance to it. And then the main event was just fucking class. So I don't know how they can produce a show where the first half is so bad and the second half is so good. Especially when it's recorded and they've got the ability to review the show, fucking record extra stuff, inject, snippet, copy, paste, cut in, whatever you want. I don't know how you can produce this, step back and say, I'm happy with that as a product that I'm going to put out. That's embarrassing. I would have... I would have opened the show with the triple threat because it was the, the, the announcement to open the show. I'm dropping the title. Bang. Here's the first triple threat. 100%. I would have gone with you it. start your show hot. Whether you're an indie show in a fucking national stadium in Dublin, whether you're on fucking Monday Night Raw, it doesn't fucking matter. You start your show hot to get the crowd invested so that they don't fucking switch the channel. Jordan nails it. Um, AEW had a great first hour and a slow second hour. NXT had a bad first and a great second. Yeah, it kind of sums up the week yeah. there. It's kind of. But very quickly, touching what Finn said there about the whole opener thing. I can remember having a discussion with an OTT talent years ago in the old Gypsy Rose, who at the time was basically mainly working opening matches, but progressed up through the card. I'm not saying the name, but uh, Fitz knows we're talking about. And um, basically, we've just chatted to him and called out the fact of, like, you know, we all know that if you're working the opener, that we're expecting a certain level of quality throughout the night because we're starting off hot. You you get the crowd going. Shit gets fucking intense. It starts off at a really high level, and the, sh- the rest of the show has to follow that. By yeah. starting with an opener like that, like AEW did this week with Kingston Cody, you're setting yeah. the tone for the rest of the night. Everyone who goes out through that curtain afterwards has to follow that person. That's why clever, as Fitz said, indie bookers have to do that. But what's the it's rare you no, go Correct me if I'm wrong. Shit opener. And uh, OTT opened not the last stadium show. I think the stadium show before that. But like, wasn't it a four way or a five way for the gender neutral title? Yeah. Where had like yeah. uh, Gino, fucking uh, Rocky was in it. Paddy Morrow, Raven Creed. Actually, no, it was like two or three stadium shows ago because I think it was the weekend Raven won the women's title. But, you know, they had a fucking five-way yeah, match for Gino a title. Gambino. And it was just a fucking ridiculous atmosphere to kick off a really good show and the whole night was incredible because everyone went out and had to follow it. NXT isn't doing that regularly enough whereas AEW have finally started to twig that and you can see there's results in that for them. Correct me if I'm wrong on the order. Was it Cody Kingston, then MJF, then the backstage brawl thingy i think yeah. so yeah yeah it was yeah so that's that's probably why mjf got wasn't great because it, it got merged in between those two kind of spectacles yeah. so again, that was probably if you're booking a show it's probably not the worst idea to do that because you unless you're going you're unless level. you're going up a level every single time to to peak at the top of the show you do want to come down so you can go back up but there yeah. there is an old saying that you know if you're not going on last you want to go on first because they're either going to be talking about you at the end of the show for main eventing, or they're going to be talking about you because you opened the show. Yep. You don't, you don't. I still remember many of 17 is considered to be the best. I still remember Jericho William Regal opening the show, and it's some matches in the middle I totally forget. Yep. yep. <laughs> you know, simple as that. Jordan with a good shout but out. we need to move on. Jordan with a quick shout out for the comparison of Kingston opening AEW saying he'll kill Aaron Anderson, whereas NXT opens with Keith Lee on a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah okay yeah sums it up in one yeah. dude that fucking sums it up <laughs> in one right there 
Uh, we don't have a lot of time left because it is half eleven yeah, at night I need, in Ireland. I'm I still have hand, to edit this. So. Um, I want to bring up the elephant through Malister Black. He hasn't been pinned in a singles match since NXT. He's debuted on Raw and has not been pinned in a singles match. And they gave it and away without even referencing it. They didn't reference the fact that he's unbeaten in 16 months or whatever the hell it is. More than that, 18 months. And they just have Rollins pin him. With nothing on the line. Nothing. Boom. I don't even want to talk just about this. I, don't, I honestly don't even want to talk about Raw in general at the moment. It pissed me off. Yeah. It's like they obviously someone gone, hey, Alistair Black is 35 and 0 or whatever it is. Oh shit, we got to beat him. <laughs> like, now, just. We went from last week talking about how we thought that he could be the one to step up and be the one to face through at some point in the near future to he loses to Rollins with nothing on the line and now what's next? That's a week apart. We talked about it. I, I mentioned last Saturday that I was hoping uh, at Extreme Rules he'd come out and fucking Black Mass drew in the back of the head and that that had set up a feud. That was only a week yeah. ago and now I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what, I just fuck it, whatever. How, yeah, we talked a little bit about Raw earlier anyway, so I don't really want to spend time on it. But. I just don't get how this company ruins some of the easiest fucking layoffs they have with people. I mean, they booked clearly it. they had to, but they booked it like exactly. they beat they they beat people for 50-50 booking reasons. They obviously went out of their way to not beat this guy for 18 months and then just beat him and not been like Seth Rollins has beaten Alistair Black. Nobody's beaten Alistair Black. This is their like this is 101 shit this is not yeah. what fans should be telling people what to do yep. they, they, they know this themselves Man, and, so what was the reasoning and he's also someone that when you look at it he's someone who's essentially licensed for them to print money by selling t-shirts that look like metal t-shirts yeah and by the way we're not going oh my god they beat our favourite I'm upset we're going you missed an opportunity here this, yeah. yeah this isn't like oh I'm upset because they beat my wrestler this no. would be like if out of nowhere before it was properly what they only really started talking about the Undertaker streak around about number 10 or 11 realistically yeah you know, if he was like, cool, 9-0, 10-0, thing out of nowhere, they just had him fucking lose to, I don't fucking know. Maven? Who was Maven, yeah, fuck <laughs> it. He loses it to Maven when he was like 10-0. and 0. What the fuck? Yeah. No You just no wasted, you wasted this. And he's buried between two really important matches that are, he's like, he's buried between two title matches on the card. And next thing in a non-title match, Taker loses his streak to Maven and not a word is said about it. And what makes it worse, I think, is that the fact that he broke his hand after the match. So he's going to be mm-hmm. off TV for a while. You know, if, if you're going to take his kind of undefeated streak away from him, at least, you know, work that into a storyline. Or if you're not going to call it out in advance, call it out retrospectively and have Black coming out and say, you were the first person to beat me since I've come on to Raw and you're going yeah. to regret it, and I'm going to beat the living shit out of you, or whatever. You know, work it into the storyline. But because you go, off to I you. asked for so long for people to pick a fight with me, and you picked a fight, and you beat me, and now I'm back for a river. You know, like, this is not difficult. Can I make <laughs> a prediction? You know what I mean? Go on. Rollins is winning the title. Oh. Black, Black will be off TV for a while. Rollins is ending up with that title again, and Alistair Black is returning the night after Rollins wins the title. I hope you're right because the ratings would tank with Rollins now at the moment. They're bad enough as they are. But he's the greatest. He's the greatest superstar. Oh. He's the greatest top guy. He's the top guy in the company right now. 
we've mentioned we talked about rest of raw earlier in the show anyway so i, I just want to bring up the whole big e thing oh they did a storyline injury with uh, Cor- uh with kofi that he's out for six weeks uh that was the bump that he took at extreme rules but not enough people are talking about that was a crazy i fucking would not be surprised if he was hurt yeah yeah <laughs> they did a powerbomb spot off the top turnbuckle down to the floor through two tables that was fucking crazy um, but anyway, the story—it's a storyline injury, as far as we're, we're, we're aware. We don't know if it's a real injury or not. But um, Big E singles run. Kofi says it's your time. It's yes. no coincidence. Just took it to my veins. Yeah, it's no coincidence that they put up on their YouTube channel this week the match of Seth Rollins versus Big E from NXT when Big E won the NXT title from him. Mm. No coincidence that got put up two days ago. Delighted. Big E is fantastic. Even back when he was NXT champ or making his rises through NXT years ago. The man is fucking incredible. Uh, yeah, long overdue. Really looking forward to this. Yep. AJ and Big E for the Intercontinental title. I'm, I'm in for that. Um, Braun and Big E. Braun would have to turn heel. Like a, Fiend is going to win the title. See, Fiend and Big E could be an interesting clash of styles. <laughs> Oh, there's going to be some big meaning. I meet. need the Fiend and Braun away from that title fucking pronto. I need, I, I hate to say it, I need both yeah. of them off my TV for three months. I found it. Big meaty man slapping me. Yes. <laughs> I, I, want, I want Braun and Fiend off my TV for three months. How did you ruin the Fiend? You uh, fucking idiots. I don't know if he's ruined. They did ruin him at the time, but I think maybe he might have recovered by now. But like, he's going to win he the title again, and that was the whole problem of the first time around. <laughs> like, they're going to do it he's again. Done every, he's done everything he can to counter how shit they've booked him. Yeah, uh, Grand Metalik uh, is becomes the number one contender um, in a four way, which was good. Very good. Jeff match. Hardy defeats Sheamus in a barroom brawl or bar fight. Oh my! Yeah. Irish Shannon's Irish Shannon's bar. And I had so many questions at the time. Is this a guy called Shannon that people call him Irish? Hey, Irish, Irish Shannon, or are they talking about the River Shannon? There was so many un- unanswered questions. And uh, what was Corey Graves' line? Uh, a pint in a fight it makes for a great Irish night. Oh, uh, not a single Irish person has ever said that. That's not never, once that's, has anyone said that. that. A fight and a pint. Have you fuck? Oh, it's true. A fight uh, and a pint is the ideal Friday night. No, no, it makes for a great Irish night, is what he said. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. A, a pint and a fight is a, good, is a good Irish Definitely. night. It was, was exactly. Yeah. It makes for a great Irish night. I've heard. I've, nobody has ever said I've that. Heard a different version of that, where it's you know, yeah. a, a good night. Maybe it's Irish Americans kind of thing. Well, fucking I'm sorry to our, our American listeners, but you've bastardized our nation enough with your fucking pat- <laughs> Patty's Day and everything else that goes with it. Patty's Shamrock Day. Shakes, oh, that's Shamrock Shakes. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget. Um, but, uh, um, that was an enjoyable match, though. Yeah. Uh, it's Swanton off the ladder. Uh, what was the thing? They put a hat on his face, but then he took the hat off and then he was painted up. I don't know. I don't know. Is he bringing back, uh, was it No More Words? Wasn't that his old music? Is he going to bring that back yeah. next week? I don't know. Um, Seamus would be both be using Seamus's best Luther Ward cosplay. <laughs> yeah. But I said I'll never get old. He walked into the pub and on Fox TV in America on SmackDown, the guy walks in and goes, What's the crack? Yeah. I'm like, I'll never get older. It'll never get old for me. And him saying Slauncha on American TV is kind of funny. But he's as Dublin as Dublin can be, to be fair to him. Yeah. You junkies bastard. <laughs> <laughs> <The> junkies, junkies. <laughs> 
So what are we doing that watch along a fatal deviation, lads? No. Fatal deviation. Cancel you. Actually, no, I'm not going to cancel uh, Gordo. I'm going to boo you. Oh, fuck you. Boo, Gordo, boo. Oh, they did, they did mention term... Matt Hardy in the promo. Yeah, he said he deleted his WWE career. <laughs> like, long term, it would be great to be able to move solely to Discord and not use Mixler, um, where we'd create the channel properly and have people in there. Um, it's just about getting a proper recording thing. And I know Mish was using a bot, so I want to try that out. Craig. Because, I mean, it literally, our costs are cut in half if we get rid of Mixler. Um, and it would still have the same chat functions and all that sort of jazz. But it'll make editing much easier for me because there's a background noise uh, that I have to edit out every week because my mic is essentially going through twice. It's weird. It's hard to explain, but uh, it would be great to get rid of all that. But Champions pinned on TV this week. Bailey, pinned by Kyrie Sane, who's on her way out of the company. Makes no sense. But I don't want to dwell on it because it was only one. Usually there's like four. So <laughs> it wasn't a bad week. Uh, show of the week. We start to wrap things up because it is mm. past half 11 at night. A-dub. And I need, still need to edit this piece of shit. A-dub, honorable mention, impact. Yeah, probably AEW. TV show, AEW. I suspect that was actually surprisingly okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, All right, yeah, overall from a show, I'd, I'd probably have to go for Slammiversary too. Um, best match, worst match. Ooh, worst match. I honestly struggling. Best match. I my one is definitely the triple threat on NXT. Um, or even Cross. Yeah, for I, the story. I mean, I, I, I'm gonna go Cross. I mean, yeah, I mean, Cross, Cross, and Dijakovic. Um, yeah, triple threat was very good. Um, to be fair, shout out to Diana Parazzo and Jordan Grace. Really, mm. really enjoyed that match. Thought that was very good. Uh, Diana looked fantastic. It made me wonder how the fuck they dropped the ball with her as well. Oh, I have my worst match. Um, she she needs new ring gear though. And, uh, and can you can cancel me for that, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We'll um, so my best we'll match will be Cross. Dij- I'll go best match, worst match. Then is uh, Cross Dijakovic and the women's gauntlet match on impact on slam anniversary oh, that was, that was not that's great. my worst match um, <laughs> yeah oh actually fucking three profits angel andrade was very good as well oh that was that good was yeah. fucking... that fucking frog splash was crazy yeah. um the six star frog splash the height he gets on that is unnatural insane uh ruby right 180 turn ruby right peyton royce potentially worst match for me that was mm. that was pretty piss poor as well yeah but that women's gauntlet match served fuck all purpose. Yep, it was awful. Didn't need to be there. Fitz? From a wrestling point of view, I probably enjoyed the triple threat probably the most. Um, the false count anywhere in Dynamite was was very good too. Very good. Uh, worst? Yeah, the gauntlet match. It's hard to say that because Kylie Ray was in it and she was fantastic. Yeah, the match was so she bad. She looked ahead. Well, maybe that's maybe I was wondering why she looked so much better than the rest in that match. I can see why. <laughs> Ty Valkyrie, I don't get it. People were talking about like her going to NXT. Don't get it. Don't see it. Not something Not her I, best shown in this. Her that weird gimmick they have her doing at the moment. I don't understand. With Rosemary. 
yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, but, uh, no, she's had some amazing stuff in Impact so far. Maybe I, I, I haven't seen enough to judge, but yeah, I'm just basing that purely on the the Gauntlet match. Wasn't Other great. That, list. So go. You know, possibly Blackheart Aaliyah. No, no, that mm. that was that was probably better than Peyton Rice and Ruby. Ugh. Best seg, best segment, worst segment. Then I'm trying to think of segments. I am. Um, I know it's not a segment as part of the match, but attempted murder. Vehicular manslaughter. Uh, it has to be a it has to be a segment, not a match. So. Uh, um, okay. Uh, after the um, Hangman Page, the FTR making yeah. the save and, and Kenny coming out late. I love that. Yeah, are the two fingers that are clearly given to Leo Rush by having swerved doing something to do with music the week that Rush drops his album. There's I can't think of any great segment this week. Why can't I think of anything? Gordo touched on something there and I wanted to bring it up. I think I had a reference as well. They've done the same now with Shotzi Blackheart a few weeks ago. I hated it then. They've, now they've put out one for Swerve. Hated it as well. How are they so inept at making video packages that people would be invested in this person? Yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not the right demographic. Maybe you know this is tailored more to an American audience. It's only fifty plus because it's the only people watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> Why should I like him more now? Because he relates music to his performance in the ring. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I have I have my best segment. Adam Cole, Pat McAfee. Oh, winner! Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my worst is Miz TV with Naomi. Was god awful. That's my worst. I, I like the I like the Miz segment because I I'm really enjoying John Morrison lately. Joe hero. He's fuck I he's a night and day different person than the, the old John Morrison on WWE. He's so much more comfortable and actually showing a lot more personality than he ever had before. The whole like I hate saying it because I'm gonna be cancelled for it. Naomi doesn't deserve better. She's had two or three title reigns she's athletic she can hit moves but she can't tell a story in the ring i never get invested in that she does i enjoy her entrance it's fun she looks good she's very good in the ring but uh, tell me name me fucking three great naomi matches off top of your head name me Uh, name me three great charlotte matches melina and alicia fox Jesus Christ! Okay. Like if you're going through, it's time to go. If home, you go boys. through, name this person, this person, this person. You can name matches based on story and stuff like that. If you're going to Bailey and Sasha, you can literally just name three matches yeah. that they've had, and you struggle to even think of one, maybe two with Naomi. And like, for I, as, though, as good as she is in the ring, and as much as I enjoy, think she has some good matches. They don't leave an impression. No, and if you're if you're awarding you know title shots based on it's twenty to twelve, can I go now? She got points, Steve. Worst <laughs> <laughs> segment, Steve cutting across when we're making our fucking. Point. It'll be one o'clock by the time I get thing, this thing posted. I feel it. I got go. quick. So Come on. The the first time you said that. Hey, bring <laughs> out. Um, no, if title matches were awarded based on likability and hard work, then absolutely she deserves them. That should never be the determining factor for these things. It's how well you can portray a story and how much people are invested in it. Now, clearly she's got a lot of fans. That's fair enough. You know, she's a very likable person. Absolutely. I wouldn't have a bad word to say against her from that point of view. But she's just not that good at professional wrestling. Clothes. Yep. 
No better way to go out. Um, yeah, so if you want to get us more, more of us here at the Alleged Wrestling Podcast, you can get us on all your favorite podcast apps. You can get us on your iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, essentially wherever you're listening now. You're going to find us there again next week. Uh, you can also get us on Mixler every week, uh, every Saturday night. We normally go live at... Uh, we normally aim for maybe around about 6 o'clock every Saturday night, U- UK and Irish time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time for those of you over in the States. If you're not in any of them time zones, fucking work it out yourself. Um, if wherever you're listening <laughs> is something that does... No. 11 Eastern. It's 5-hour difference. 1 Eastern. 1 Eastern. Yeah, 1 Eastern. 1 Eastern. Don't fucking judge me on this. I know this shit. Oh, one. Sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. going one first time. My bad. Yeah, my one bad. Eastern, ten Pacific. My um, bad. on me. And if people do also want to get us, you can also find us on the Wrestling Soup Network on WrestlingSoup.com. Along with a host of other podcasts, including the Wrestling Soup guys themselves. I'm finally caught up. I've always been two or three episodes behind. I'm finally caught up on Soup this week. And um, them lads are absolutely killing it over the last couple of months. They've been absolutely amazing. Make sure to check them out and also subscribe to their Patreon. You won't be disappointed. Just the sheer amount of content, top quality content they put out is incredible. And while we're giving a good shout out to all our good brothers, we're also going to give a shout out to our brothers over at Canvas Theory, www.canvastheory.com. If you go on there and use the promo code AWP for Alleged Wrestling Podcast, you can get 10% off your entire order. In the COVID world, they're only shipping to the US at the moment, but once it's all sorted, they will be coming to Europe. So hold tight. And COVID, fuck off so I can order some merch, will you? You prick. Um, <laughs> and just one final thing as well for those of us who are going to be watching Raw, NXT, AEW and stuff every week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter as well. It's at 2BitWrestling. We share memes, mainly Simpsons stuff or us just giving out about stuff and having a bit of a laugh. Make sure to yeah. follow us on there. And have we a need to go laugh. back to live tweeting stuff because we haven't done that properly in a while. I started doing a little bit of it last night with SmackDown. Um, but I pro- new jobs, earlier start times is harder for I, us. To I do watch that. Raw and SmackDown on a delay, and it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. What can you do? Sometimes, sometimes. Sorry for the lateness of the show this week. Um, couldn't be helped, but we'll be back to normal hopefully next week. If not, we're going to move the shows to Tuesday mornings, just for the laugh. <laughs> yeah, say good night, all. Kenny. Wait, actually. Ratings, iTunes ratings, help us out. If you have, if you're, if you're listening to us now on an iPod or an iPod, the age of it, an iPhone, <laughs> go on to i. If you're listening to this or you download it, go on to Apple and give us a rating because it helps out. If you're on Stitcher, do the same. Anywhere there's a rating, help us out. Uh, give us an I'll retweet on the podcast as well when we post it. Be much, much obliged. Uh, Nightall. Nightall. <laughs>